What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar with the great rugby league guru. Make sure to follow him on Instagram, Facebook, and all of the podcasting apps that have a go. All of the podcasting apps that have a go. Subscribe to Rugby League Guru's podcast. Brought to you, as usual, by the beer of sport. The beer of sport. I was sitting back on Saturday night watching the great Ash Barty, the national hero, get the job done with a beautiful bloke beer in my hand and it made it all the, all the more sweeter, all the more sweeter to be drinking a smooth, easy drinking lager while a national hero won her third Grand Slam. Grab a case from your local, go to our store locator, put in your postcode, it will show you the, the closest locations um, or if, they, if your local doesn't stock it, you can ask them to order some via ALM or ILG uh, and it supports the platform. Beautiful beer, supports the platform, plus delivers a bunch of of sporting content, a sports network that comes for free with a beer. That's a good deal if you ask me. That's a very good deal if you ask me. But as usual, let's get straight into it, baby! Just a bloke in a bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar, brought to you by the beer of sport. The beer of sport. We dedicate, literally, I wake up in the morning, Guriccio, I wake up in the morning, and I literally, my whole day is dedicated to sport. I'm looking at articles, I'm, I'm looking at different sports, I'm creating posts to give to you guys. If you, t- if you aren't telling me that's not the beer of sport, then your name isn't Garicio. It certainly is, so <laughs> there's your answer. Grizzly Asm did have a beard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but anyway, grab a case of bloke in a bar. If they don't stock it, so, like a lot of people, because be, like, it sells out quickly and because we've got such a small team, sometimes it doesn't get restocked. Um, so just if it's, if it's on the store locator, um, and it's, it's sold out or whatever, all you got to do is just like, hey, could you order a couple more cases or whatever through a thing called ALM or ILG, and they'll order it in. Um, but it's going to be a big year for bloke. We, we had a very, very small team last year, so it's really hard to keep up with demand. This year, we're really, really, um, you know, we got a little bit of a bigger, not a big team, but it's a bigger team, and we'll be able to keep up with demand a lot more. So get on board. Get on board in the early days. You know what? Bloke beer is the Bitcoin of beers. We may go up, we may go down and crash a little bit, but in the end, we're going to go to the moon, baby. So get on early. Get on early. Tell your kids. How good would it be to tell your kids I was there in the early days of VB? You'd be like, I fucking remember the first few runs of VB. I tell you what, that'd be pretty good. You can get on that with bloke. Um, but anyway, we've got Gurino here. How you going, brother? Good, mate. The uh, Bitcoin of beers is a big day, just quietly. I mean, look, I am a big day. If there is a meaning of the <laughs> no big doubt. day, I am fucking it. Um, how you been, mate? How was your weekend? Yeah, all good. Had a uh, had a bucks on the weekend. One of my best mates. Yep. So was it dusty? A, a bucks in the classical sense or a new age bucks? Um, probably halfway, I'd say. Okay, so yeah. he's making some progress towards the new the new era that exists. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, one of those mates that uh, I wasn't really expecting a massive night out of, but yep. uh, yeah, he did, certainly delivered. So wow, okay. Had a couple of blokes blokes that came up and said hello too. So it's good Bucky's night out. Already, hey, hey, Maddie last week, the Garino this week. The bloke ship just keeps rising, baby. The water rises, the ship rises with it. Or what is it? All, all, all uh, rising tides raise all ships, baby. Rising tides raise I think all ships. I thought ships. I was Mark Tukey, but that's okay. Can't <laughs> hey, win look, them all. I'll take Mark Tukey. Oh, He's a cult hero. Every day of the week. <laughs> fucking, they call me the Beak Bro. That's a way worse <laughs> fucking nickname. Like, I'm literally called... The worst feature about me, that's what my nickname is. Um, so, stop your complaining, Tukey. Fuck me. Um, anyway... Uh, you know, we do it every single week. Every, every week, every episode, I ask how the guest is and they don't ask how I am. So I'll go fuck myself again. It doesn't matter how much time. You know, the beak always asks how you're going. No, no one ever asks how the beak's going. 
No one ever asks how I'm going. Um, anyway, we, uh, oh yes, stores in the spotlight, stores in the spotlight. We've got Oscar's Liquor Sevens Hill. Oh, sorry, Oscar's, Oscar's Liquor Sevens Hill. IGA Mascot. Oh, in Mascot. That's Just around uh, the corner. around the corner. Thanks, IGA Mascot. Appreciate you. Uh, the Icon is on tap. That's down in the gong. And they've been with us from the start. So get down the Icon. And it's actually a pretty chill, cool place, the Icon. Many a nights down that, that Crown Street myself in, back in the day. Many a night. Um, IGA Kayama Downs. Kayama, how good. Celebrations Appen. Celebrations Scone. Star Liquor Bundok in Townsville. Bundok in Townsville. Get there. East End Hotel Bundaberg. We're in Bundaberg as well. Liquor Barons Wembley Downs in Perth. We're going nation, Garino. We're going nationwide here. Uh, Station Hotel Lismore. Legends Upper Caboolture. Eagle Tavern Bean Lee. But what a weekend of sport for Australians. The great Ash Barty, a national hero, wins the Australian Open for the first time since 1978 for an Australian Australian woman. I mean, Guru, walk me through it, but bro, it was incredible. How did you how did you think the game went? How much of a fan of Barty are you? Yeah, unreal moment. Um, as I said, I was at a Bucks when it was on, so saw bits and pieces of it. Mm. I mean, not as much as I would have liked, but uh, I thought the celebrations after were unreal. She must have hugged 70 people in that change room. Yep. That was unreal. Uh, 1978, it's a long time ago. She's, there's only five current players, including the men's, that have won three Grand, grand Slams. That's, I mean, she is one of the best athletes to come out of this country. But people don't understand, like, she's, she's a world number one. Like, she, she's such a gun. And I'm such a fan. And the first set, she comes out, she blows Danielle off the park. Danielle's going, oh, fuck, what's happening? Then Danielle fights. So there's a bit of fight about it. Second set, she's up 5-1. Danielle, 5-1. She only needs to win, like, out of the 2-3-4-5. She only needs 2-3-4. She needs to win one fucking set. Is it set rather than game? One set. So what's that? That's four points. Like four, four, 15, 30, 40. Four yeah, games, Four yeah. points. Four, yeah, okay, That's four games. games. Yeah. Um, I'm deep in the crib game. I mean, <laughs> deep in the tennis game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing my best this summer. I'm doing my fucking best, boys, all right? And girls. I'm just, I'm trying to give you the content you need. <laughs> anyway, she's down 5-1. She wins a set. She wins another set. And you're going, Barty, don't do this to me. Don't get me this excited just to break me heart. I was actually sitting there because I don't have any fucking experience with tennis. Like, I obviously, just when Australia plays, I'll, I'll You watch had me it. full. Sorry? You what? had me full. <laughs> um, and so I was sitting there going, like, and maybe this is like bad advice because like you're not battling to the end. But I was like, maybe just drop the set, drop the set, and restart the next set because you're five-one down. Why gas yourself when you can? When you're clearly the better player, like you just need to get back on that roll again. Clear and but you know, Barty being a much better person and athlete and just all-round human being than me, did the right thing and fucking battled on. Bat Barty the battler, Barty the battler. And she gets the job done, absolutely incredible. The pressure, like, you know, I know the world's been through a lot lately, but like Australia, in Melbourne, record lockdowns, like the crazy, like the amount of like hope that was being poured into her and for her to walk out on that court in the moment, not look flustered at all, and she didn't drop a single set the whole open. I mean, it's God tier, it's God tier. I'm a Barty fan, I said it before the finals, I'm a, I'm a big, even bigger fan now. Um, and I just love what she's about. 
Like, honestly, make her prime minister. I'd, I'd vote for Barty. Vote for Barty. Vote for Barty. I was trying to work out the best time during the night, when to go to the bar, because I knew I'd be there for 30 minutes or so, yeah. and at 4-1 I thought, okay, it's done. Yeah, I'll sure. go now. Yeah. Came back to a very rude shock. Yeah. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. So, I mean, talk about doing the country proud. Um, and even just like the little flourishes and touches of brilliance at the end. In the post-match interview, like, you know, she goes through thanking the ball women and ball uh, boys, ball girls and ball boys. Um, but then she says, I'm so proud to be an Aussie. And you just, all of Australia just went, ah, she is fucking perfect. Um, so anyway, I'm I a thought fan. it was good as well. Like, I know this was just at my pub, but everywhere that I saw videos of, like I was at the Clove Valley Hotel and everyone, every single person in that pub erupted when she won. Yeah. Fucking so good. Erupted. Bro. So good. Um, were you scissoring at the Clove Valley Hotel? Uh, yeah, between sets. <laughs> Now, uh, on to the King Curios and the Cock beat fellow Aussie pair Matt Ebden and Max Purcell. I just want to say quickly, respect to Matt Ebden and Ma- Max Purcell. Like, obviously, the King and the Cock, they caught the nation's heart and they were controversial and they were, you know, kind of like attitude tennis to an extent. Um, but Matt Ebden and Max Purcell, uh, you know, and, and look, this is from a purely casual perspective. But I would assume that their their individual talent probably isn't. It's, I mean, obviously not as close as Nick. Cur- Nick Curios is literally one of the most talented tennis players in the game. The cock also very talented. But Matt Ebden and Max Purcell battled to the till the end. Um, so respect to them. But it was the king and the cock show. Did you get a chance to watch that? I did. Yeah, and I mean, I have never. I, I don't have a heap of interest in tennis, but doubles. Yeah. No, never. Never been on the radar, and I, like I was so excited for that. It was. Yeah. I love what they've done the last few weeks. It's been sensational. It's put a real interest back in the sport. I think the crowds there have been unbelievable. A few of my mates were down there, and it's just different. It's mm. it's so good. There's nothing better than when, like, a smart ass is on your side of the fence and yeah. he's winning. Like, yeah. if, if they were American, I would hate their guts. Well, look at Mev, Mev, uh, Mevedev. Is yeah. it Mevdev? Mevedev? Like, he doesn't have the same cheeky attitude that Curious has, but he is kind of like the villain. Yeah. So, like, people that aren't Australian looking at Curious going, Fuck, this guy's annoying. But I always say to people with Curious, like, I, I get the, I get, you know, a few years ago, I understand the argument of like, mate, you're representing Australia, be mentally tough, stay in there, hang in there, all that kind of stuff, all that jazz. Like, I get it, especially as an ex-professional athlete, like, you kind of like, mate, like, you've got so much talent. If you just, you know, knuckle down, you could literally be anything, anything he wanted to be. Um, but then when you let go of that and you go, mm-hmm. you know what, he's his own man, He's, this is his own life. As long as the, you know he's not being put in the position just because he's Nick Curious and he's actually earning it by beating the right people, you know, just enjoy it. I, I just just enjoy the king, the king Curious. Just sit back, don't get too involved in the what you you know wished he was or wasn't. That's who he is. That's what he wants to be, and that's the, that that makes him happy. So. I think fair play. Yeah. Fair Once play. again, coming from a big casual, like he essentially doesn't train, isn't that the, the narrative that like, goes with him? He doesn't train as much like as ca- others or yeah, whatever? Relatively speaking, yeah. like in, if you compared it to like the way Rafa plays, yeah. uh, trains or uh, Federer, like even, even like you look at his serve compared to, you watch that, that finals last night, you look at Kyrgios' serve compared to the, the finals of the men's, mm. like it, he's so talented, he's so talented, but... Just because he's talented doesn't mean that, you know, he has to live a certain way or whatever. Like, it's his life, um, you know, and he, he, if he's the best in that position for us and he's earned it by beating other Australians, then fair enough. I think it's a classic example of what different people consider to be, you know, um, successful. Yeah, for sure. Like, if for that's, sure. I mean, 
if he's underachieving and he's worth that much money and winning tennis comps, yep, not doing too bad for himself. Yeah, and you know what? Sometimes, like I've I've met athletes similar to Kyrgios, you know, the way he kind of moves in that, you know, playing footy. Sometimes if you put them too far on the straight and narrow, it fucking rattles them. Like, and they actually get worse because they, you know, they just it's too focused. It's too, yeah. Like, there's a lot of footy players that are like that have played Origin that I know in Australia where. They need that bit of leeway to just to be themselves. Whereas you get them, you go, okay, we're going to get you on the straight and narrow, discipline, responsibility, all that carry on, no fun, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, there's a good balance, but it, it almost takes away their swagger and what makes them them. And then all of a sudden, it's a, a kind of self-fulfilling uh, prophecy. Um, but yeah, the cock and the king. It's, I, I, I almost, I feel like it's like attitude tennis kind of like reminds me of when I've seen clips of like the attitude error of like basketball, for mm. example. I mean, um, well, for me, like, the tennis was good. The interviews were fantastic. better for yeah, me. Loved for sure. It. Yeah. Um, obviously, Nadal wins in an epic five set uh, against Medvedev. Uh, look, I don't mind Medvedev's blow-ups. I think they're funny. Um, but when he was going at the ball boys and ball girls, I was like, mate, mate, that's – come on. Like, that's a joke. I'd, if, if, if the King Kiros did that, I'd say the same thing. If, if, an, if, if I saw an Aussie blowing up at some ball boys and ball girls because they were like, what, what they could throw the ball, but they mm. were running it or something like that, I was like, bruh, like. It's pretty average for like, Come on. Like, you blow up at the crowd if they're yelling 100%. I can respect that because I, I get it. But these kids, are like, they're kids, man. And, like, they're not even doing anything wrong. They're just not doing it the way you want them to do it. Um, I didn't like, I really didn't like that. But. I think the story of the night was Nadal. Yeah. When we talk about f- battlers, he's a battler. Two sets down. Medvedev looks like two, almost, you know, I don't know how young he is, but he's obviously younger than Nadal. Nadal 25. 25. Yeah. So he was he, too young, too powerful, but that old gritty mindset of just hanging in there, hanging in there, fighting for every fucking thing you get. Nadal gets the job done. I didn't get to sleep till fucking one thirty. Either did Matt, the poor bloke. Um, yeah, what did you think of the match? Yeah, I didn't watch the whole thing. I was, I was a bit of a corpse yesterday, but um, oh, I look at tennis at the moment. I'm a casual, 100%. But like those three names we've got there, uh, Djokovic, Federer, Nadal, like it sort of feels like to me like when Joey, Freddie and Lockie were running yeah, around. It's sure. just such a good era of tennis if you're proper into it. There's this article I remember reading, and I, th- I think it was about that fact of when Nadal, uh, Federer and Djokovic retire, mm. It's going to hurt the sport massively because, yeah. like, who's next? I can't tell you who else is in the top like, ten. These or guys have dominated yeah. for fifteen years or whatever it is, or at minimum ten. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see who who takes that mantle up because it's not even it's not even about the qual like they're just so much better. Yeah, it's you know it's like and it's not just one person that's so much better. It's three of them. It's going to be very interesting to see how that all pans out. Um, but anyway. On to NRL news. Uh, Justin Holbrook has said that Aaron Clark will be the Titans hooker over Aaron Booth. This, to me, was really, really surprising. Not because Aaron Clark, you know, uh, is bad or anything like that. I was just thinking that, you know, you've got a guy like Aaron Booth coming from the storm that is an out-and-out hooker, um, and, and he's been signed for that, and you got rid of Mitch Rain, who was being picked over Aaron Clark. Do you know what I mean? Like... At no point last year did I, did I ever get the impression that Holbrook thought Aaron Clark was the guy. Mm. It was there was not a single moment. There was even less moments, you know, because he had Mitch Rain there, and then he let him go. It's very strange. And Booth 
He's got such good raps on him. He's coming from a great system. He's not going to be Cameron Smith next year. But if I'm playing the Titans, respectfully, Darren Clark, I'm more worried if Aaron Booth is in the mm. nine. And, and look, look, fair play to Aaron Clark. Like maybe he's had a crazy offseason, and, yep. and that's what Holbrook is seeing. So we don't have all the information. We're just going off the information that we saw last year. And I th- actually thought Aaron Clark was a really good off the bench. Um, I, th- I actually thought that he brought a bit of like zip to the pack when he did come on. Uh, whereas, like, obviously, Mitch Rain was the kind of like longer time, long for, like would spend more time as a hooker. But just for support, like you get rid of Rain, who was ahead of Clark, but then you go and sign Booth. And you've also got Tanner Boyd there. Um, well, that's the other one, Tanner Boyd. Like I, oh, I think he's going to be very unlucky to miss this side. I like Tanner Boyd, and I he's young yep. too. He's so young. He's like what twenty one. Yep. He, and he's not even a natural hooker, but he's also but he's kind of worked at that role. It's a, it's really surprising, Aaron. Like and you know what? To credit to Aaron Clark, he must have worked his ass off in the off season. He must be fitter than ever. He must be training better than ever. Um, because yeah, if I'm being totally honest. He would have probably been third in my picking order. But he, again, one thing I will say, when you're in an NRL squad, the preseason for guys like, you know, because I've been similar in Aaron Clark's position. My first year, Stephen Michaels and Darius Boyd and Leon Bott and this other guy called Fraser Anderson were all in front of me. Mm. So I was like fringe, fringe, like fuck, lucky to be in reserve grade. Um, not, not lucky, like lucky, like I was the main winger in reserve grade, but I don't know, because I hadn't played much footy, I was still so far away from first grade. Um, but then if you come out and you have these crazy preseason, and that's something that I always excelled at, is like I would train really, really hard uh, when, when my headspace was good. When my headspace was bad later when I wanted to quit footy, um, I would still train really hard, but it just wasn't the same. Whereas like early, like the period where I, was, I wanted to be there, my training was like tip top. And, and it gets you opportunities. Like... For example, um, I got to go to an army camp. It was a fucking... I mean, it was a good opportunity, but a bad opportunity to have to do the army camp. Uh, but it gets you trial matches. It gets you... And so, clearly, Aaron Clark has done that in this offseason. Yeah, I'm a bit surprised it's before a trial is played, to be mm. honest with you. Mm. Um, I mean, at the same time, that could get the very best out of Aaron Clark, knowing that the coach is backing him. But <coughs> I think I would have liked to have thrown the nine jersey in the middle of these two and see what I can get out of both of them. Uh, Doesn't that speak to Clark's probably... I mean, he's clearly killed it in the off-season then. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's obviously had had a very good off-season. I just, you know, he obviously haven't seen him play with this spine that they've got at the moment. So, Mm. um, yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, if Aaron Clark kills it this year, we'll give him all the praise in the world and Holbrook's a genius. So, yeah, yeah, good on him for backing his gut feel in there on those two. Yeah, and and good on Aaron Clark. Good on on Aaron Clark, like, to work... it's so hard winning the fringes, man. And especially, like, he's sitting there watching Aaron Booth get signed. He's sitting there watching Tanner Boyd be, you know, this young guy coming through. Uh, fair play to him. Well done, Aaron Clark, for getting that spot. Uh, Warriors re-sign Adam Fanor Blake. What a incredibly good signing. Yeah, I still think there's an argument that AFB is probably the most underrated front row in our game. Yeah. For, and for what he provides yep. and the way people talk about him, I still think there's a massive gap between those two. Mm, for sure. Like when you talk about your top three front rowers, to most people you're going to go Payne Haas, you're going to go Fisher-Harris, you're probably going to go Asai Fidi maybe. Um, you're very rarely, unless you're a Warriors fan or a Manly fan, would you say Adam Fenor Blake, yet when you watch him play and the impact he has on games, mm. even on Manly, like... You know, for example, like let's say he was still at Manly when they went on that run. I reckon they go a lot better in the big games with a guy like Adam Fenor Blake sure. in the middle. Yeah. Like massive, like a lot better. 
so I totally agree with you. Like he would still be in people's top 10 or top six or whatever, but there's an argument that he's top three. I also think in rugby league, and you can probably talk more about it, if you've got the scariest bloke on the field, <laughs> yeah. fuck, it's big. Like oh, people yeah. undervalue it so much. But when, you know, I'm sure when you were coming through, if Brad Thorne was playing that weekend or Petro or Shane. Tony like Carroll. It's Tunza, yeah. Like it's just, it's a completely different footy side. Mm. It was like Tony Carroll had this aura about him, just this like don't run at Tony Carroll. Yeah. It doesn't matter how big you are and how fast you are and how strong you are. Do not run at Tony Carroll. And that's a, like, I'm pretty sure for a period there, he he kind of was a huge reason for Darren Lockyer just being eased into that sixth position. Um, again, I, I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they he was put specifically there to protect Lockie. Uh, Kevin Costner, the bodyguard. Yeah, the bodyguard. Uh, and, and it fucking worked. Yep. You didn't want to go hitting short lines down that short side. I would argue to this day... Maybe the only other person is Jake Trevojevic, but I would argue to this day he's probably the best tackle technique there is on an edge. Because like, he would snap blokes, like snap them. Um, and he would also like, he'd be able to shift from lock to second row and even out to centre and he would do yep. the exact same thing there. Absolutely. I think people undervalue how difficult the centre job is in defence. Yeah, for sure. Let, let us know in, in the comments section, who do you think, you know, like top three in the last 20 years, like tackle technique, you know, like is it... Jake Trevojevic, is it Tony Carroll? Who, 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 what's another smoke you'd throw in there? Fuck, I'd tell you a smoky would be Joey. Yeah, he was fucking really good. 100%. You know, you know who else is another smoky? He's going to sound fucking crazy. But uh, not in, he wouldn't be in the top. But for a, for a halfback putting hits on, Nathan Cleary yeah. actually puts a few hits on. Yeah. Like he rushes out of line sometimes and tries to shot people, which I love to see. Another thing that I think is underappreciated by people, how good some of these five-eights and halfbacks are defensively. Mm. Like it's It's... It's all good and well if you can put on four tries, but if you're conceding two or three a game. Well, it's, it's kind of like the, the, the referee effect of like a good defensive uh, six or seven, you don't really notice it because mm. they just did their job. They, they legs tackle, you know, they did their job. Whereas a bad defensive... Yeah. If you're seven, not noticing a half in defense, sensation. 100%. Unreal. You know, it's, it's almost the Dylan Brown effect yeah. to an extent. Like, don't get me wrong, I know he's got stuff to work on. Uh, in attack, and I know he is the coolest man alive, and that's the only reason why we are even speaking about Solely him. Solely only reason. <laughs> but, you know, his defence is never talked about. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, it's really interesting. Whereas, like, you know, and I'll use one of the goats for an example. Like, how much did people talk about Thurston's defence? How much did they talk about Benji's defence when people actually don't realise how fucking hard it is defending that position? Yep, for sure. Um, now, I, I feel like both Thurston and, and Benji got better at it as they got older. Um, or as in, you know, when their bodies weren't injured. Like, I, I feel like with Thurston, it was really interesting. I feel like there was a period that, like, the eight in a row, he really had fixed it up a bit and got... Then, obviously, his body got injured and those last year or two was just tough on his body. Um, I, what I love about Thurston is, like, he is the definition of a battler. Yeah. He, he, whenever he had a bad defensive game, it wasn't through a lack of trying. Hundred percent. There would never be a time where he wouldn't put his body in front. Yeah. That's the one thing that I feel like fans and even myself, like, if you get bumped off, I'm okay with that as long as you put your body in front. But when you see players do that and jump out of the way, do that like, you know, put, if people are listening, like, they kind of like stick their arm out rather than getting their shoulder in front. I know it very well, don't worry. <laughs> um, I think that's like, it's not unforgivable, but it is a real like, bruh, like, it's okay to get bumped off. We all get, everyone gets bumped off. Even the biggest of the biggest, like, Sonny Bill got bumped off by Burgess. You know, Sonny fucking Bill. 
Um, I think it's the other thing with halves that, like, when you when you get to the end of the game, you look, oh, they made 20 tackles, they missed five. And, you know, it's one way to look at it, but especially with halves, the way that some of them defend that they just they just disrupt the play by putting yeah. themselves there, that it doesn't show up in stats. It's it's very hard to measure, but it was something that Thurston was good at because he could read a play. Like, yeah. he would disrupt – he'd miss a heap of tackles, but he'd disrupt a lot of plays and just send it into chaos and it would die there. Yeah, for sure. You, you sometimes – Sometimes it's better for a, a half to rush and miss a tackle than to stay back and just worry about his own job because then they, then they just slide over the line, yep. you know, or something along those lines. So, yeah, I, I do believe if you're looking at outside back missed tackles, sometimes the, the stats do tell a story. Sometimes it's like, yeah, he missed a few tackles. But you're better off watching the game to get a real context of it. You know, was it... A covered tackle that they just, you know, they got a hand on him, but he was already broken the line across from someone else. Or did he uh, get it? Did he rush up and make the player go back inside? Then the forwards clean it up and it was a quick play the ball, uh, slow play the ball. Uh, whereas forwards, I feel like stats are usually pretty accurate of how they've gone. Um, You've got to eye test outside backs. And yeah, I think generally. I think so. For all. Now, again, you know. Sometimes stats absolutely do tell a story where you're going, yeah, he, he, he did have a bad one. Um, anyway, Warriors sign uh, Adam Fenor Blake. Look, it, it's really interesting. Warriors in this really strange – I don't know where to put them right now because they're, they're doing a lot of good things. Signing SJ, getting Ash Taylor, you know, that seems to be going well down there. You know, Matt Lodge, I think, has a lot to offer. But at the same time, can I see him – you know, they lost Roger to a vast check. They've obviously got Reese Walsh. Yeah, I, I don't know where to put them. They're hard to trust still. Mm. I, I look at the squad, I think 1-13, to 13, it's a really good side. They've got forwards coming out of their ass that aren't going to be in their side. So mm. there's a heap of depth there. The, the outside backs are pretty young, is a worry, but you have got to give somewhere yeah. realistically. Uh, yeah, I think if SJ can stay on the field the whole year, I, I give them a real shot of making the eight. I think with AFB as well. You know, we said he's the scary guy on the field. Well, you know, the offload, everything seems out, but just the motor that he has. Yeah. You know you, you know you can get 70 minutes. Like, if you need to, you can get 80 minutes out of AFB for two weeks on the row, in a row if you're desperate. And, and it's going to be quality work too. Yeah. It's not just like your five-metre run, slow play the ball. It's like 10, 12 metres, a lot of post-contact. I mean, the year at Manly, I think he led post-contact. Yeah, it was, it was close to it. And he's sort of – he's getting to that age now where – AFB knows how to take care of himself in a mm. game. Yeah. Whereas, you know, the younger guys, when they get forced to play big minutes, they just go 100 miles an hour trying to do everything. He'll, yep. He's now picked his moments where he knows he can have a little spell, have a little breather in game. So, I think the positive for the Warriors right now is, like, they are their attention is pretty good mm. and they have, they've recruited relatively well. There seems to be a bit of depth in that forward pack. It, they've put themselves in a position to progress. You know, they're not another – you know, there are other clubs where you're kind of like, fuck. I still see a downward kind of trajectory, whereas I feel like the Warriors have the opportunity to go forward rather than backwards. Um, Especially now, once they get home too. <coughs> the game oh, changes sure. when they're home. It's going to be very interesting, very interesting. Um, now, what we wanted to do this, this uh, week is basically do like a, <coughs> a rookie watch. And obviously, Guru probably much, knows much more about the, the rookies than I do when it comes to guys that, you know, playing flag and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, so we put together a list of just some rookies that may have played five games, six games, or zero games. Uh, some people just to keep your eye on over the next 12 to 16 months. Now, we'll go Broncos first. The three people we've got is, well, the three people that Guru um, come up with was Ezra Mant, Selwyn Cobbo, 
Xavier Williston. Now, I think Selwyn Cobbo is an absolute star. Yeah, I sort of I sort of wrote Selwyn Cobbo on this list and I thought, do I need to put him there? Mm. Then I thought, no, nah, well, I'll leave him in there. You know, he's only played seven games. Uh, I still think if you've only watched him in first grade, you probably don't know what yeah, you're in absolutely. for still. Totally. Uh, if you've watched him in Q Cup, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners would have, um, the grand final he played last year was... Yeah, his team was like on the back foot, could do nothing, and then every time he got the ball, something would happen. And if you look at his stats alone... I don't have them off the top of my head, but it was like he ran for 200 plus meters. It was about 10 line breaks. It was a try. It was a try assist. You would assume his team won 40 nil. 10, 10 tackle breaks, oh, sorry. sorry. Still, as an 18 year old in Q Carp, you would assume his team won 40 nil. Yeah. They lost 16 10. Mm. Like it's, I, I think it's arguably one of the best performances in a losing team, realistically. It was incredible. And he is so young. He's got so much more to gain. It was also when he was playing fullback, he hadn't played fullback in. A few yeah. months because you've been playing center for the Broncos. He just so. has that like, you could chuck him anywhere, yep. and he would just do something crazy. Just the way he runs, he 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 looks. He's deceptively fast. He doesn't look because he glides so much. He doesn't look that fast. But when you're actually on the field, um, he's he's really strong for his age. Uh, he's incredible. Got an incredible physique. Uh, enjoys the contact. Uh, he's going to be balance is special too. The way that he bounces out of yeah. contact and he just holds himself. Mm. Um, yeah, I won't say who he reminds us of because we, we yeah. don't want to do it again. But no. that it, it, it's it's the balance that stands yeah. out for me when you compare him to those other guys. And it's, it's the have. body shape. You know, yeah. they're six foot four, um, and they just they've got the perfect body for rugby league. Uh, and and so you know, it's kind of like I guess you could compare. Gallon would remind me of who was that real jacked Cowboys player. O'Donnell, um, Luke O'Donnell. I think Luke O'Donnell. He was jacked. And not like, one I would fuck Those with. two are kind of similar, similar body shapes, like that that uh, very yeah. nuggety kind of whatever. Um, you know, Joey and Luke Brooks, similar body shape. Uh, <laughs> that bucket ass. <laughs> um, so anyway, you know, I, I think we'll try as much as we can to not bring up, you know, Inglis, Latrell, Selwyn. Because I, I do agree with the sense that, like, you don't want to do it too much because it's yeah. just like... They're their own men. You know, Selwyn's different to Latrell. Trell's different to Inglis. Um, but at the same time, if you watch him and you don't think it, you're probably lying. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're pretending that you don't see similarities, you're, you're yeah. lying. Even from their running gait and that. Um, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, we, we try as much as we can because they're their own men, you know, charting their own course, and, and we always got to respect that. If anything, it comes from a compliment. Oh, it's like, 100% a compliment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not comparing someone to Trell or Inglis unless I'm super, super impressed. Mm. I, don't, I don't know. I haven't seen him in person. I don't know if he's as big as Trell and Inglis. I think he might be just a little bit. I mean, he's still fucking big. Mm. Um, what does he weigh, Matty? Can you what's, – what's he coming in at the moment? What do you reckon? I, I think Trell's the – I actually think Trell's the biggest out of all three of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think Inglis might be the tallest. Mm. Um, and yeah, but anyway, it's it's they're just all incredible. Broncos also. have him at one ninety centimeters and ninety nine kgs. Ninety nine, yeah. Ninety nine, okay. So Trell would be about what one hundred and five, hundred and six now. You reckon? Can you get Trell's weight and um, yep. height, please? One ninety nine centimeters, they say. One ninety cent. So Selwyn was one ninety centimeters. Latrell's one ninety three. Yeah, so he's a, he's just a tad smaller. Yeah, yeah and Latrell's one hundred and two kilos. Big boy, man. He's a but big how much skinnier? Uh, not how, how much just smaller does Selwyn look at the moment compared to a Latrell? Like oh, he's yeah. got so much growing. Yeah. Oh yeah. He'll get up to that that, that weight. How, can you get maybe Inglis's um, height and weight? It is really interesting to, to see because like 
I, I truly believe that like they're the ultimate footy players. Like as yeah. in, if I could pick one guy to have thirteen of, I'd probably go thirteen Greg Inglises. Mm. I mean, I know you've got. The, I know you're Freddie Fitler man. Oh, low key. Yeah. Low key. Um, I'd probably but go yeah, GI'd be hard thirteen to GIs. He, yeah. he won a Dally. What a Clive Churchill at six. Yep. A Dally M at fullback. Don't think he won a Dally M, but he was always there and there about. Yeah. He won, I think, Golden Boot. Golden, Golden Boot, Boot, I think it was. You know yeah. what I mean? Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck um, he was 195 centimetres, so two centimetres uh, taller than Latrell. And so it is what I thought. It, he he was the tallest. Latrell's Luttrell, a bit thicker. Yeah. Because uh, Latrell and uh, GI roughly the same weight. Green was yeah. t- t- like slightly more heavier. And like, obviously, when we talk the comparisons, we know where GI ends up. We know where Latrell Mitchell's at. Yeah. But when you go back and watch the highlights of their first two years and how skinny they were, yeah, for sure, it is so and like the, the just the similarities in the way yeah. they move and everything is scary. Yeah, I guess the uh, yeah the only difference is a tiny bit shorter. Mm. <laughs> He's still 190 centimeters. Yeah, um, man, when you go back, and also watch, hasn't been in a gun team either. Yeah, that's the thing. Crazy. Yeah. When you go back and watch an early GI and early Trell, it's just like brah. We didn't appreciate what we were seeing. Early GI is fucked. There's so many, when I go back and watch it, there's so many tries that I do not remember. Yeah. Where he gets this, the ball off a scrum on his own 30. Yeah. He just runs around them and just no one gets near him. Mate, he, early GI like in the Q Cup and that, and that mm. with his blonde hair. Yeah. It's, it's honestly, it's the mo- it's, it's like Steve Renoff. That's how beautiful it looks when he glides across the... Like I, I, I truly believe like Steve Renoff looked the most gracious when he ran. It was just something about it. But it was like similar with GI like... Just watching him in full flight, you're almost in awe of it. Going, how he was, um, he yeah. was North Devils, wasn't he? Yep, come through, yeah. <clears throat> Melbourne Storm, where that used to be their feeder team. You used to have pretty good battles with North back in the day. How, how good's that old North Devils picture where you got Slater, Cronk, and crazy, <laughs> unbelievable. Crazy. I made my debut against North Devils in Q Cup, mm. and English was a fullback. Crazy, miss me with that. Um, crazy, crazy, crazy times, anyway. Um, now, Xavier Williston, he uh, he's a, uh, a big boy, isn't he? Yeah, I, I, I like the look of this kid. Uh, he, he did his ACL last year, so he's not meant to return until halfway through 2022. So for a second rower in a pretty decent pack. Can you get his um, Xavier Williston up? I, th- I, th- I think he's um, quite rangy for his season. Yes, yeah. yeah. I, I think it might be a tough season for him. Obviously, coming off an ACL is going to be tough. It's going to be, he's going to give, you know, nine or ten other really good forwards 15 weeks to show what they can do. Yep. It's just the reality of the situation. But I think he has got a future for guys sure. Like, guys like this have just got to hang in there. Yeah. Because you look look at him physically and you're like, mate, you've got it. Like, you've got it. Just just bide your time. Even if it is 24, 25 when you make your debut, you've still got nearly, fuck, eight years to, to really play in an old. What you got there? So he's 190 centimetres and 104 kilos. 104. Okay, so yeah, quite rangy, big boy. I mean, you know, quite mobile too. So um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting because what you've got Kurt Catewell one side, you've got Ricky the other. Ricky, yeah. Uh, Ricky's still got a lot of development to do though. Like I, I'm a huge fan of. Well, Ricky. He's only been playing for four years. I think people forget that he came from Union. He hasn't played much. Jordan Ricky. Yeah, I remember yeah, I talking to his Queensland Cup coach Rowan Smith a few years ago, and he said, "Watch out for this kid, but he's very raw." Yeah, and, and then, you can see that. Yeah, and then Brisbane shit the bed. They had a heap of injuries, and all of a sudden, bang, he was in first grade. Mm. Um, it'll be uh, Adam Reynolds will be a godsend yeah. for him. 
Ricky's a perfect example of I, I, I wish Broncos didn't shit the bed and they gave him more time in reserve yeah. grade to develop. Because you can even watch in his last few games where you would see these flashes of absolute brilliance and you're going, this guy's a fucking weapon. But then sometimes in defence, you know, he would clock off. And, you, and, and again, that's all part of being young and learning your game. I went through it. I miss shit. I miss tackles. And, and the problem at the Broncos for those couple of years is like some of those younger boys, they just didn't get that extra year or two to just, just to grow, just yeah. to grow. Like especially in the forwards in today's game, to be a young forward on the edge, it's, it's a tough gig. Like I would even argue uh, uh, Paddy Carrigan could have probably used. And now, Paddy Carrigan now is a 100% full-time first grader. I, I, I absolutely love him. I think, he's a, I think he'll be the next captain probably after Reynolds. Um, and I also think he'll play for Queensland and Australia. Like, I am such a fan of Car Carrigan. But I do believe that he probably could have used another year or two in reserve grade just to give him some time to, what position am I? You know, am I a lock? Am I a front rower? Am I the guy that gets through a million tackles? Or am I the guy that, you know, less but higher quality? Mm. You know what I mean? Am I, ne am I the next Corey Parker? Like, I, I feel like he was trying to find himself in first grade, which, again... That, that's not to say they didn't play really – didn't have some really good games. He didn't absolutely fucking work his ass off. Um, but the positive, I think, is that Broncos are – it feels like they're starting to get past that phase of these young fellas that were maybe in a little bit too early to, oh, these are first graders now. Like, I feel like Ricky will really cement himself this year as, okay, he's a, he's a real first grader. I think Haas is going to go to another level and we're going to be started going, oh, wow, this guy is actually a club leader. Like, you know – a real, real club leader. I feel like he sort of did at the end of last 100%. year. I think he turned a corner. And yep. I think for guys that you just mentioned, those guys that probably came in earlier than what they should have, the next two or three years is really crucial for them. Sure. And bringing in a Reynolds and a Cape Ball, uh, I think it's just a really smart move by Brisbane. Yep. Um, I think that if those guys can get through the next two or three years, the shit they went through early will pay huge dividends at the back end. Absolutely. Like if it doesn't break them, it'll yeah, make them. If it doesn't break, yeah, that, but that, that's always the worry. Yeah, for that, sure. Yeah. And, and I feel like there was a period there where they were quite rudderless and they kind of felt a bit hopeless, um, where, they've, where the signings have kind of like given a bit of life and like, yeah. okay, we've we got direction here. We've got Reynolds. We've got – like Kurt Catewell for that forward pack is going to be so yeah. instrumental. And like, it was a perfect storm for Brisbane. They, they lost their defensive attitude in, I would argue, the worst time to ever lose yes. a defensive attitude in rugby league history. Yeah. New rules that are faster than ever. It's easier to score points than it ever has been. If you're not switched on and you don't have leaders, you can yep. find yourself up shit creek very well, you, you would, You would honestly, and, and I, would, I said it at the time, I felt sorry for the boys because you would look at that Broncos team behind the try line and all you had essentially was Alex Glenn. Yep. You know, Alex Glenn, you know, he was, he was also, you know, the club was trying to move him on. He was trying to stay, like, he's dealing with his own shit. You need a group of older guys to be able to go, okay, mate, you know, I'll speak to the backs, you speak to the forwards. Whereas it was kind of just looking around like... There's also only so much you can do from left-back rower. 100%. Like. 100%. And, and also, like, the, the messaging from the club is we, we were trying to get rid of you. Like, it doesn't help the situation. Um, and, and fair play... Like, that's another thing is, like, I, I hope people really respect Alex Glenn. I know they struggled the last couple of years as a team, but he fought to stay at the club. You know, took... He declined massive offers. Could have gone to Penrith a few years ago. Like... Massive offers to be at that club. And, you know, and it's the age-old thing of, like, you know, fans are always upset when a good player leaves. But when a good player is loyal, how many people are going to be grateful to Lexi for, for being loyal to the club through the real tough times? You know, Alex Glenn and just the way that his career played out, he's been coached by every Broncos coach ever. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. 
That's fucking crazy. Wild. Just that because is, of the timing yeah, of his yeah. career. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think it's really good. Now, Ezra Mam, uh, oh, he's explosive. He, he could be anything. He could be the kid with all the talent that just doesn't seem to click, or he could be a fucking live wire. Matty, can you get his Q's cup stats up, Ezra Mam? Um, yeah, I think he's got 14 written on his forehead. I don't know if it's round one, mm. but I think by the back end of the year we will see him. Uh, I don't know. Do you, do you think we'll see him in the 5'8 jersey at all this year, or are there just too many options? I think it's too early. Like, do we do we want to make the same mistake again of like rushing this guy into mm. first grade? You know, th- that was one thing Wayne did so well is he, he would he would he almost like pick in. I remember here's an example. So I was in Q Cup, the Queensland Cup's leading try scorer, um, playing you know really good footy, mm. like really good footy, made Queensland residents everything, and then underneath that is obviously A grade, and we had a guy called Gideon Mzembi, um that was in A grade, but he was also in the top squad, like mm. in the, the, the extended top squad. Anyway, so I'm the Queensland Cup top try scorer. I'm making Queensland residence and, you know, playing really well. Gideon Mzembe gets selected as 18th man for the, for the NRL team to go away over me. I was devastated. I went to my car. I cried. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that, like, a, a local league winger, mm. that I've got his position, just got selected over me as 18th man to go down. Um, but that's Wayne's kind of way of – he had me in the reserve grade. Like, he had me in Q Cup, and he, he, but he identified me as someone that he – he was thinking of the long term for me, you know, rather yeah. than – and so Wayne is just so good at going – now, don't get me wrong, I was devast- – I couldn't believe it. Like, honestly, I, it didn't make sense. Like, imagine that. You've worked – like, I've played sport my whole life. The moment is there, you, you, someone's injured, rah, rah, and then the guy from locally gets caught up, and you're going – um, and so he's really good at that. Now, with his, that's, that's the thing with the Broncos. I feel like they were because they moved on so much older players, they got put in a position where they didn't have that luxury anymore. Mm. And, I, and let's be clear, very different times. Wayne Bennett had the luxury of the fucking Australian side. Yeah. Um, but it, it's all principle-based. We're talking principle-based. And that's my concern with Ezra Mam is like, for me, he could be a long-term six. Uh, do we want to rush him in too early? History tells me Walters isn't afraid to change his seven and six, though. Yeah, fuck. Uh, I, I, personally, I don't think we'll see him in the six. I think the back end of the season, I was going to say potentially origin, but they won't lose anyone there. I think we could see him in jersey 14. Apparently, he's been braining it up there. Apparently, he won he's, their 40-metre dash or something. He is too, something like, else. He's something else. There's some flies up there. So, Matt, have you got those stats? Yeah, I read you some stats. They're so good. So, 11 games, 13 tries. Eight tri-assists and never went a game without either scoring or setting one up. 33 tackle breaks. Uh, kicked at 78%. Made 89% of his tackles. And averaged 107 running metres per game. How, how old is he? Uh, I'd say 19. I'd say 19. But for a 19-year-old to be doing that in Hugh Cup in the middle there, like as, in, half as a half, yeah. that's impressive. And his team wasn't... <clears throat> Um, like they, they made the grand South final. Logan, eh? Yeah, yeah. Like, like they, they were good, but they weren't unbelievable. Like yeah. he isn't, he isn't doing this in forty-point wins. Yep. Wow. Sorry, I actually didn't say, but now I found another website. He's nineteen years old. He's okay. nineteen, so he would have been eighteen when he was doing that. Yeah. And it's his first Q Cup season, so he hasn't played previously. So that is first up. Doing what he's doing is yep. pretty damn impressive. And like, if you want, if you were like to build a half or a six that suits the modern game, like as in this current quick-paced. 
Ezra Ram's the guy. He is. He, if I had to put a like for like, he does remind me of Milford at his best. Yeah, uh, very good, very good. I would even argue he he's quicker than Milford. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, yeah. quicker than Milford. I uh, think him at fourteen. Remember when Ben Barber first burst onto the scene? Yeah, yeah. I think it okay. could be a similar sort of situation, yep. especially in the modern game. How much impact those fourteens can have? Yeah, true. He could be anything. Man, I can't. I just can't wait to see him play. Now, uh, onto the Raiders. We've got uh, sorry, Guru put this together. I'll say I'll just keep saying we, but Guru put this together, guys. Team effort. <laughs> team effort. I, it was a team effort. I sent him a text message and he sent it back to me. Take the trials. <laughs> um, so the Raiders. Schneider. One game he's played halfback. HSS. Who's that? Uh, that's Harley Smith Shields. He's. Uh, I think uh, there's a few guys here that people are well and truly aware of. Schneider was a guy that I haven't actually seen him play, but and I said that the other day, mm. and I must have had 15 Canberra Raiders fans message me and go, "You're kidding." He's so. Uh, there's a lot of Raiders fans out there. That, that you know what? Schneider. I think I got messages too going. Yeah. This Schneider kid is a gun. Yeah, he's. Uh, I, once again, I haven't seen him play, so I can't talk. But a lot of Raiders fans. I'm are going out on him. He's a gun. Next, he's, a gun. he's the next cool. Cameron Smith. Next Cameron Smith Raiders lock it in Premiership in the next few years. Immortality awaits. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, so what was the feedback that the fans were giving you? Yeah, they just said that he's a... I, I, I thought he was a dummy half, to be honest with you, because I hadn't seen him. But a lot of Raiders fans were very high on him. For people to bother messaging me, mm. probably said something about the kid. Um, Harley Smith-Shields, he's played nine games, but I, I still think people probably aren't aware how good i tell you who's is. aware of him, me, because he's hot as fuck. Yeah, he's a good-looking rooster. Hot as fuck. Yeah. He's one hot, sexy man. Harley Sexy Shields, HSS. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you do that off your head, eh? Hey? <laughs> Mate, I've been in the game. <laughs> when you're in the game this long, doing yeah, weird shit. You do. <laughs> um, so, I mean, what, what is good, though, is that, you know, we have shown concern around the halves position mm. for the Raiders. And it is good that clearly, at the very, very least, they've got a, a player that is talented in the seven role. Does it mean he will kick on to be good? We don't know. But at the very least, there's a plan in place there. There's also a backup plan with Fogarty. And, and you could even argue they've got depth in the halves now. They have got depth in the halves. They might not have superstars in the halves, but they've got depth. But So so, so what I'm saying is, though, is that, like, let's say Fogarty doesn't play well, but then this guy turns into a superstar. It, it all, like, we don't know what's going to happen, mm. but, but it turns a solid halves into, wow, like, we've, you know, for example, let's say Schneider kills it in Cuka, uh, New South Wales Cup. Fogarty's struggling. Schneider gets brought in, kills in first grade. Him and White and start playing really well. All of a sudden, you could argue Raiders have the most depth out of any club in the halves. They can call in Williams. Yeah. They can call in Fogarty. Uh, not saying that will happen, but it, there's a potential path there for that. Yeah, and that's the other thing I, I, I think works in Schneider's favour is even if he's playing Reggie's, he's going to be playing with Sam Williams. So yes, he's you know he isn't a superstar, but I, Sam Williams has probably played a you know, 100-odd first-grade games. He's been in the game a mm. lot. So I, th I think it'll be really good for him. So if Raiders fans are keen, and Raiders fans can be quite critical as well. Mm. So for them to like him uh, and to get upset that I said I didn't know him, good signs. Yep, yep, very good signs. Um, and and it, with the Sam um, Williams, just because he's not the flashiest half doesn't mean that mentally he can't teach a bunch of stuff to a younger guy coming through. I, I, I've heard a lot of people say it, and when, when I spoke to Brett White, he pointed this out, that he reckons that he is one of the best guys to have in your room when you're watching tape. Wow. And that during the week, Sam Williams is a perfect guy. Um, we're playing Nathan Cleary this week. Can mm. you mirror Nathan Cleary's game? Oh, okay. I, I reckon he's an absolute genius for it, yeah. Sam Williams. So, mm. 
as much as he isn't a superstar, he brings a lot that I think a lot of people don't see. For sure, for sure. Um, now, uh, obviously, we spoke about Harley Sexy Shields. Um, Xavier Savage, really interesting, massive raps on him, and and not even not even external, internal. Like yeah. Ricky has come out and said that he's in the mix. I'm pretty sure. Can you confirm this? He's in the mix for the fullback position. So one of two things. And I messaged you this when it came out. Yeah. My head is going to explode if I keep hearing these like rumors that Chance isn't going to be their fullback. Why? Please tell me why. Guru, what is your inside word? What is going on? No, I'm the same as you. I've got no idea. And for me, if they're not playing Chance at fullback, they're moving him to their most crowded position mm. by a country mile. There are two or three first grade centers that aren't going to be in their team come round one and they want to move their fullback there who got them to a grand final. Like Savage, looks really talented. Three games. What, what do you got there, So Matt? Ricky Stewart's exact quote was, and this is about Xavier Savage, he's got the ability to play fullback and wing, but yes, he will be in the battle for the fullback spot. I've said throughout my coaching career, you need competition in spots. But like, I don't understand how that helps Chance. And this is the exact situation I was saying with the Titans hookers. I understand some situations where you say, this guy's got the jersey. Yeah. Chance is the situation where you should say, you've got the jersey. 100%. You absolutely have the jersey, and our whole preseason is about you, Fogarty, and Whiten, and our nine working together as, as a... I just... I don't... I, I get the whole battle for your spot. Like, Chance knows that. Chance mm. fought his way into first grade. He wasn't a young throbber that just, like, got it. He understands yep. that his jersey is on the line all the time. But he arrived there unwanted. He had to go around the hard way. He gets 100%. it. 100%. I just, I'm not understanding that. Like, imagine, and I just feel like Chance is the kind of guy that if the coach did back him, it would mean, like, he's never not going to train hard. He's never not going to have a crack. Like, that's one thing. It's his best asset is having a crack. Um, and with that Xavier Savage, he has such a good body shape for a winger initially. Mm. Get him on the wing. Get some NRL under his belt. Get the contact. You know, all that kind of stuff. And then, I just, I, I don't understand it. I, I think you, I think Savior, Savage is a star of the future. Absolutely. Like, no doubting it. And I should think he should be on the wing. But there's no need to rush him into that spot when you've already got, when he's at his best, a top five fullback. I, in saying that, I hope that Ricky's probably chipped Charles and said, hey, I'm going to say this. Okay. Just to see if, I, I hope. Because if it's not, it just doesn't make any sense to yep. me at all. Does and, and also like he couldn't finish the grand final because he literally went too hard. Yeah, literally two hundred and seventy-seven meters or something yeah, like that. Unbelievable. He, he killed it. He and also when he came back last year, they it's were in the a old different rules side. too. Yeah. Um. So if I'm if I'm um if I'm Ricky, I'm 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 training Xavier as a gun winger and just getting him in the game, getting him a full season of it. He's played three NRL games, getting him a full season of NRL on the wing, and saying, mate, use your God-given talents or whoever gave him to you, uh, of incredible speed. He is the fastest man in the NRL. He's, one, he's, a, he's a Queensland champion for the 100 metres. He's a Queenslander, is he? Yeah. He's a Queensland champion, and it was only like two years ago he was a Queensland champion. Yeah, right. Um, so, look, may, maybe he isn't. Maybe he doesn't get the fastest time, but I tell you what, to win a Queensland champion, you're probably championship at, I think it's under-17s. You're probably the fastest. Your top speed is... At the very least, your top speed is the fastest in the NRL. And I mean, from what we've seen in those three games... He's quick. He's backed it. Yeah. yeah. And so what I would be saying is like, look, let's just focus on developing you as a winger. Mm. This fullback stuff we can work on in the background. And if you develop into that or a centre stuff. 
But at the moment, like, he could end up being one of the great specialist wingers. Like, he's, I think he's about six foot, six foot one, and he's running, I think he's running, like, like 10, six or something in 100. Mate, a lot of the great fullbacks started out there. Billy yeah. started out there, Mini, GI. Just Latrell, let him score like a just, bunch of tries on the wing, get yep. confident, get physically bigger. I, I think he'd be a great winger initially. And then, yeah. Got him into it. In saying that, if you are going to play him at fullback, it is hard to get him into this team. See, I, I, I just get him into the side. Mm. Like, I, I honestly, I'm looking towards the future. As in, I'm give, if, if he struggles, if he gets in and he struggles, then you bring in the guys you know can do the job. But I, I just get him on the wing. I honestly do. But I know it's hard because you've got Rapani, you've got Kotrick, you've got uh, HSS, you've got uh, Timoko. Uh, Timoko. Um, Jared Croker, Jared as Croker. Well. You got, like there's a lot of mouths to feed there. Oh, I just, I think you find a way. Honestly, I think you find a way. I think he's slowly 19, um, but who knows? Trials are a really good indicator. Yeah, maybe it's hard to because you got the two hookers. You probably can't afford to have him on the bench yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, really interesting. Really interesting. I mean, maybe maybe Ricky's trying to train him up as a, a backup fullback for now, just in case Chance does go down again. Mm. Um, very interesting. Uh, now, Harry Rushton, uh, zero games. He's from England, uh, and he can go. See, he's a second rower, but he can go anywhere in the pack. Thoughts? Yeah, he's played uh, when he's played played his reserve grade last year. Mostly as a second rower, but as you said, can play anywhere in the pack. Hasn't played any games yet, but there has been raps on him for quite some time. Mm. Um, I find it surprising that he hasn't played yet. That might be a bit of a red flag. I thought he would have by now. Uh, but when it comes to forwards from England, Canberra, they tend not to miss. So mm, yep. he's one that I would definitely keep an eye on. In saying that, it's potentially the most stacked forward pack in the competition, depth-wise. Yeah, it's crazy. It is going to be a hard side Their to Their roster get into. is so good. Now like, that you throw Adam Elliott in, yeah. it becomes very difficult. You get Corey Horsburgh back full-time from injury. Um yeah, it's. I mean, one of Hudson Young or CHN probably misses the starting team, which is insane. Mm. So it, it's a hard team to crack into. But which one is to crazy. They on. struggled so much last year, and you look at their yep. team on paper, like holy moly. Well, that, yeah, um, Trey Mooney. I would actually have Trey Mooney ahead of Harry Rushton on my list, and I know a lot of Raiders fans are very, very keen on him as a middle forward. Yep. Um, I haven't seen a heap of him. The little I've seen, he looks impressive. So he's another one that I would black book. Trey Mooney. Uh, now to the doggies. Uh, Beyond Beyondi Odo, nine games, half hooker, uh, fourteen. Um, he he's the is he the Maldi guy? Uh, I'm not sure what nationality he is, but he, he 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 was playing on the bench. Actually, no, I don't think he's Maldi. Oh, that's a different guy that I'm getting. He's, he start with Jackson, someone. I think his name. Yeah, you're getting Tarpon. Uh, Tarpon. Tarpon. Yeah, we'll get to him. He's on that list. Yeah. Oh, do you top, want to start with him? Line. Um, no, no, we can get Beyond Odo. Yeah, Beyond Odo, he played. A lot of hooker last year when he came on. I thought he looked lethal there. And every Canterbury fan told me he's a halfback. Mm. Um, he then went and played 5'8". And I thought he looked much, much more accustomed at 9. Mm. Sort of looked like the uh, Ben Hunt effect. Yeah. Um, but they have got a few 9s here. Um, there's another one at the bottom of the list, Josh Cook. He They've just got him from South Sydney. Yep. Um, he was meant to be the next guy for quite some time. He's had a couple of injuries, had a bad run the last few years. He's ended up at Canterbury, um, real South Sydney family. So hard for him to leave, but got real potential, Josh Cook. He's definitely one to keep an eye on. Jeremy Marshall-King's a starting nine at the moment. They have got a few options there, but 
Yeah, I'd, I'd be keeping an eye on Josh Cook over the next year. I'm surprised South let him go. Really, really. Um, now, we've both seen this guy in action, uh, Alamotti. Alamotti. Apologies if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Center. Yep, scary. Uh, scary talent. When you have a look at those Canterbury pitches from training, especially when you see him standing next to Naden, you know, proper quality centers, he's bigger than most of them. Mm. And he's... Yeah, I'm pretty sure he could. He's meant to be playing SG ball this year. I think he'll he'll go straight into reserve grade. Um, they have got a lot of centers though, so whether you see him this year or not, I don't know. Like, I don't think Braden Burns will make the starting thirteen this year, so he's probably next man up. But I reckon this guy could push his way by the end of the season. By the end of the season, if he gets a crack through injury, and then they see how good he is, he stays in there. Yeah, I, I think he's going to need injury to yep. get in. Um, but I mean. Yeah, there will be spots throughout the year. Josh Adokar will disappear for a couple of months to go play Origins. So there will be opportunities there. It's whether they rush him in or not because they're not a team that needs a centre. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, from what I've seen of him, his balance, his footwork, his size, his his ability to flick one out the back, like one of the like a real kind of like Willy Tonga esque. Yeah, uh, confident too. And he just he, he almost looks like. Well, I mean, what I was seeing, he almost looked like a a man playing kids, even though he's younger. Yeah. Uh, very ex- I'm excited. I'm, I'm truly excited to see how this guy goes. You know, I, I guess you could say he's similar in that Will Penasini kind of vein. I th- he'd probably be a little bit bigger than Penasini, you think? I Maybe think so, so. Yeah. yeah. But Penasini's, like, still massive. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm very, very interested to see how they go. Because you, you could argue a lot. Well, you've got Nathan there, but then you've got Shoot or Shop. Um Long term, let's say Naden. How old is Naden? About 26, 27? You know. I couldn't uh, even guess, yeah. Yeah, so look, the good thing with the dogs is like... 26. Got some good youth coming through. Yeah. Um, Now, on to Sharks. Uh, I'll just do the um, uh, fact check about Bailey Biondo. He's actually Indigenous. He played for the under-16s Indigenous Queensland side a few years ago. And Jackson Topine, he captained the New South Wales under-18s team. Okay, but he's... Jackson Topine is definitely mouldy though. Sure. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was actually that, that beyond a, he's also a I, I, I think he's a first cousin of um Barber too. Oh really from memory, yeah. So he's uh indigenous and Maori. I think so, yeah. Um, yeah. Now, uh on to the sharks. Now Metcalf, didn't he go to the Warriors? He's going there next year, I believe. Oh, okay. oh I was under the same impression. It's him and Nia Kore. I don't uh, there's a No, nah, it's of, definitely twenty three. Yeah, twenty three, okay. yeah. So yeah, first goal, to he's played six games, most of them off the bench. Uh, I still don't think you've seen – he's another guy that if, you, if you've only seen him in first grade, mm. I don't think you've got a real understanding of how good he is. I, I think he's going to be a star at the Warriors. Uh, well, if, you're, if, you're a, if, you've been, if you watched the Nines tournament a few years ago, you may remember a guy from Manly that absolutely yeah. fucking tore it to pieces. That was Metcalf. Yeah, yeah no, he's very talented. And, I don't know, we keep hearing rumours that Reese Walsh could be on the move if he does. I think this guy will slide straight into fullback. I think he'll do very well. well yeah, rumours Walshy on the on the move. What do you reckon, Redcliffe? Yeah, well, I mean, Peter O'Sullivan got him to the Warriors. Peter O'Sullivan's <laughs> the Dolphins now. Was, yeah, I, I'm a little bit worried there could be a few leave the Warriors, but wow, wow. It's uh, yeah. I mean, it's going to be different when they do go home. The especially the people that have lived in Australia, like what. What does that mean? You know, do they be going, you know what? It's, I'll, I'll rather stay in Australia rather than live in New Zealand. Um, and, I mean, you said it last week. You go there, you have to wear jeans all the time. You're not at the beach. You're not, like, yeah, it's it not your home. It's, yeah. it's, like, it's like when Kiwis come and live here. A lot of Kiwis miss, miss New Zealand. Like, yeah. it's, it's only natural. It's, it just, it's it is just what it natural. 
you could move to Spain and miss Australia, you know. So, or Spain move here and they miss Spain. Um, Metcalf, yeah, a lot of potential. Uh, Kay Dykes, fullback, Sharks. Yeah, uh, son of Adam Dykes, old Sharks 5'8". They look similar, but they play very differently. Um, he, he's very quick, Kay Dykes. Um, I, he, I don't think you'll see him in first grade this year. I think he'll play mostly reserve grade, but he's a definite one to keep an eye on. Uh, of course, Adam, his old man, played for Cronulla as well, yep. so that'll be a pretty cool moment. He'll play for Cronulla eventually, I think. Um, Franklin Pele. Big boy, isn't he? Yeah, this is the one that... They sort of had to tell him, can you stop going oh, to the so gym? gym. Yeah, 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 I remember big, this. Which is uh, frightening. Absolutely. Uh, apparently, yeah. he's been very impressive at the you know who else has uh, done that? Uh, Leon Bott had to stop squatting. That doesn't shock me. Yeah, Because he was too getting too big Couldn't in his league. get some shorts on him, yeah. Um, sorry, what were you saying? Yeah, no, Franklin Pella. Obviously, Cronulla, they are stacked in their pack. Yeah, um, yeah someone sent me a, a best 17 for the Sharks for this year, and I looked at it and said, that looks pretty good. Then I realised... Sifa Talakai wasn't in it, Fafita wasn't in it, and Aiden Tolman wasn't in it, Holy. and Royce Hunt wasn't in it. And I was like, fuck, that's a pretty good side. Yeah. So, and then you've got to throw Pele on top of that. Um, yeah, I think if they can get the best out of Pele eventually and Sifa Talakai, they're very similar players. Mm. That explosive middle yeah. edge, sort of like that Isaiah Papali'i sort of mould, um, could be anything. And then. Well, I mean, just quickly on that, um, they've almost got the perfect coach for it because, like, their attack is sorted. That they're going to be good attackers, both of them. That they do it naturally. It's part of their game. It's it's the defensive stuff that's probably the only thing that they probably need to. Yep. Again, I haven't seen Pele play enough to know that, but I'm I'm just assuming that the reason why he already isn't you know in playing first grade um, could be just needs to work on the defence. Whereas guess who the coach is? The New South Wales current defensive yep. coach, Craig Fitzgibbon, who was one of the great great defenders. Mm. Um, and some of the highlights that he's producing in New South Wales, Carl. Yeah. Like you would think he's a centre. Yeah. Like you couldn't see the number on his back yeah. and the tries he's scoring, like like that Payne Haas sort of yeah. going to run 50 metres and run around the fullback kind of stuff. Um, so, And then we've got our boy at hooker, Jaden yeah. Beryl. Wynnum, Wynnum uh, hooker, former, yeah. former Wynnum hooker. I think he was the Q Cup player of the year last year. Very exciting. Mm. Yeah, I don't Such know. a smart boy. Oh. Yeah, genius boy. I was watching that grand final and just the semi-final as well, and I was like, why haven't the Broncos signed this guy? Like, I don't understand. He would have gone for peanuts. If Holbrook said Jaden Beryl's my hooker this year, I'd go, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, good call. Yeah, good shout. Good call. Um, how Brisbane don't have him in their system blows me away. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, the Sharks, to have him, I'm not sure how much he plays. Obviously, Blake Braley's not going to play Origin yeah. or anything. He, he tends to play a lot of games every year. So I'm not sure how much we see of him. But, um, he, yeah. but he's an example of where that pressure is good. Yeah, 100%. Because yep. I feel like when Jaden left, you know, Blake, although I'm sure he wouldn't have thought it too much, there'd be a subconscious, like he's a hooker. Like the, at, the, at, the, at the Sharks right now, he is the hooker. Like you, you could not, even if he was playing shockingly, who are you going to put in there? Whereas now you bring in a guy like Jaden, who, who Blake's you know, a better hooker at the moment than, than Jaden. And who knows, Beryl could get in a first grade system and go to another level. Um, but this is the good kind of pressure where Blake all of a sudden has to go, oh, shit, like... Well, and I, I think Blake would have had a moment where if he didn't realise how good this kid was at first at training, he would have gone, fuck, this isn't just another hooker. Mm -hmm. This guy can play. He's going to put serious pressure on yeah. me. Which um, I think is going to take Blake's game to the next level. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think uh, I've said it a few times with Blake, coming through the juniors, he was this running, explosive nine. Mm. Uh, we haven't really seen it in first grade. 
And based on what we've seen in first grade and what I've seen of this barrel, you could argue maybe barrel could be more suited to this team. So mm. I think it could really push a lot out of yeah. Blake, which is scary. Yeah, absolutely. Because barrel's a bit bigger body. Yep. Um, more of a like a, a rough and tumble kind of hooker, whereas Blake's quite silky. Don't get me wrong, Blake is tough as fuck. He gets through a bunch of tackles, yep. but he's a more silky kind of. Um, now onto the Titans. Campbell, seven games. Sexton, four games. Uh, well, we'll just go through them first. Uh, Campbell, for me, we've already spoken about it, but he's honestly one of the most exciting prospects in the NRL period. Yeah, another one I almost didn't bother putting on there, but thought I'd throw him on there. Seven games. We've said it a few times. He's just a natural. Mm-hmm. Saves his best games for the best team. So very exciting times for them. Sexton, we've spoken about him as well. Another Aussie schoolboys halfback. Looks like he's been handed the keys this year. Goal kicker as well. Is he, is he right now? And this is going to sound hyperbolic, but I don't know if I agree with it, but it's a thought that runs around in my head. Is he one of the most underrated as when it comes to pressure coming into this new season? Like, he's Ash Taylor got moved on. They've had an issue with Haas for so long. Fogarty's been moved on. And I'm just, the, con- the concern I have with a guy like Sexton is not that he's not a good half, is the pressure that is going to be on him now to deliver is quite substantial. Whereas if Fogarty stays at the club, it was already enough pressure because of the, the Ash Taylor curse mm. of young, hot seven that we got for a lot. You know, I'm not saying Sexton's on a big contract, but you understand my, my meaning. Do you feel like people aren't really appreciating the pressure he's under right now? If Sexton is the number one guy in this competition I'm worried about that people could turn on. Mm, exactly. I'm yeah. really worried because, mate, the amount of people that I have sent me their top eights and they're seven and eight, and I'm going, fuck, yeah, they were seventh and eighth last year, but... They could easily be 12th again this year. Mate, that, a 10 and 14 record, it should be 12th, it should be 13th. I, I think there's it's going to be tough. If they have one injury in that spine... What happens? It's and the concern is if he loses AJ Brimson, they are in serious, serious trouble, and it's gonna all it's all gonna fall on this guy's head. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think he's supremely talented. I really like him, mm. but it is a big ask for if you mate if you, if you put Andrew Johns at age nineteen in this team, it'd be a big fucking ask. Hundred percent. It's a tough gig. People people are undervaluing how difficult his job is this year. And let, let's say they finish twelfth. That could be a symptom of the fact that the bottom eight sides have gotten better. You, you can't tell me that the bottom eight sides' rosters aren't better than they were last year. You know, the Dogs' roster is way better. The Broncos' roster is way better. Even, you know, the Tigers' roster, I would say, is better. The Warriors uh, is better with SJ. Warriors' Dragons' roster is better. And so I feel like we're going to – and also they've had an extra year to get their rules sorted, to train with it. Like, the concern is, is, is you're right, if they had the same record – but they finish 13th or 12th or 13th or even 14th. Everyone's going to blame Sexton and say, well, he's the difference. We got rid of Fogarty and we kept him. We got rid of Ash Taylor and we kept him. When in reality, this is a 19-year-old kid that has been put in a position where, like, where's the, who is there to put pressure on Sexton? Who's there to lead Sexton as a seven? Like, Brimo hasn't played six for quite some time. Uh, Aaron Clark is, you know, just surprisingly got his role. And then you've got Jaden Campbell, who's played seven games. It, again, and this is, this is not a reflection of Sexton's talent and where we think he can be. It's a reflection of the pressure that has been put on him yeah. by things out of his control. Now, if he delivers, then fucking boom. What was your uncle? How good? Sexton's a gun. But if, if, he even just, if, if they just have the same record as last year, 
he could be considered a disaster for, for you know the, the fans could turn on him it's it's a real i just don't think a, a lot of people are appreciating the position he's been put in like they don't have fogarty they got rid of ash taylor you know they got tanner boyd who was playing nine so they clearly see him as a nine i i assume who else have they got there that are that's going to alleviate that oh, i just fuck it's a tough gig mate you look at that ladder from last year if the teams that finish ninth, tenth, and eleven win one more game each, but they finish twelfth. Yeah, totally. It's a, it's, it's a, I, I, tr- I hope he, I hope he does kill it. Yeah. Oh, so do I. And I, he's he's got the potential he's to be able to kill it. hundred percent. I was it really with his first four games, I was really impressed, and I totally can see why the Titans made this decision. So it's not me saying like like don't get me wrong, I don't understand like. Getting rid of Fogarty for me, like I could understand if they said Sexton, you're starting Fogarty, and you're you're in reserve grade. I could get that because he really did impress me. He really, really did. Um, so I can see why the Titans made his call, but it's just like, like, got boys. He's not remembering like Ash Taylor, who had Andrew Johns, Matty Johns, like all these people saying he is the next thing. Joey, uh, Jonathan Thurston, he he had less pressure. I'd, I'd argue when <laughs> when when he first started. Um, Ash Taylor was in a less vulnerable position then, because who who did he who was his half? Oh, I'll tell you right now, Ash Taylor was more talented at the same age than Toby Sexton was. Yeah, I, I will. I'll die on that hill. Matt, can you get up the four games he played last year? Who he played from memory? I think the first three the first three games he played were a team sort of below them, mm. and I think he played South Sydney in the, in the fourth game, and I think that was a bit of a shock to him, mm. as it should be. He's eighteen years old, yeah. but. I think for the Titans next year, there's going to be a lot more teams that are on top of them. That I, I, I just, I think it's going to be a tough year for them. You're right. Dragons, Bulldogs, Cowboys, Rabbitohs. Could yeah. that have been better? He was good. There's no doubt about it. He's really talented, but I just, I want people to realise that it's not Give him this time. kid's fault. Yes. yes. Give him time and understand that, like, it's the Titans' recruitment decisions that have put him in this position. You know, yep. if he kills it, then the Titans are geniuses and we're going to be on this podcast saying, you know what, the Titans made the best decision ever. We were totally wrong. Fogarty should have been moved on, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, re- really interesting. Re- really interesting. I, um, I do hope he kills it. And I do hope people are patient with him. Uh, I-, I think that, like, if you're the Titans, I'd be going into the market for a really experienced half that's willing to play reserve grade. Even a half that's not up to NRL standard, but's played a lot of NRL, just to give him that like safety net of like, yeah. mate, it's all good. Don't worry about it, blah, blah, blah. And if it's not him, it's the next bloke we've got on this list, Tom Weaver. Yep. Uh, hasn't played first grade yet. I don't think he's actually played Queensland Cup yet. He's only played the Mal Meninga Cup, which I think is like the under-20s version or whatever it is. Uh, but he looks very, very impressive. He was, I think he was best on ground in that grand final that they won for Tweed. Uh, another halfback that's got huge ability. So, And I, I'm pretty sure you might want to deal, Matty. I think he was the Australian schoolboys halfback. Mm. So over the last five years, they've got Sexton, Weaver... And they've got Tanner, who have all been the Australian yep. schoolboy seven. The ability is there. Fuck, it's hard when you don't have a bloke that's played more than 10 first grade games to help him out, though. Mm. So do you think that it's kind of like a risky call of like, we'll get the young best sevens in the comp and just hope that they develop, you know. But that does, that's not how it works. You need the older guy. You need the older and guy. let's be honest here. The Titans are always going to be able to find good halfbacks because they've got Palm Beach Corumban up mm. there. They are and constantly Kibra. producing mm. quality sevens. But not a heap of them have kicked on over the last few years because they haven't ended up in good systems. You need, you you need to have experienced like guys there. I wonder whether Scotty Prince has been 
on the blower. They get, they 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 call Scotty Prince and say, mate, come down and work with our halves. Pay him, you know, whatever the whatever the amount is, you know, I'm sure they can afford it, because I think that could help a lot. I think yeah. it helps, but. I, I, I still think you, you want a player. Yeah, you, yeah. you want a guy that's in the trenches with you. You want... I wonder who is working with him in the halves. Surely it's an ex-player. Very, very hard to not have an ex-NRL player in your halves working with you. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm not sure who it would be. Mm. I mean, Prince, he could be there. And he seems to be on the touch football. Seen in that. Seen absolutely carving people left right here. Imagine showing up to touch. Scotty Prince. Scotty Prince. It's killing you. Pull a hamstring for a walk on. Um, yeah, interesting times at the Titans. Look... We're talking glass half empty. If you're looking at a glass half full, they've got some of the best young sevens in the comp. And if they do well over the next three years, oh, it's anything. Bets are off. You've got Tino at 21. Yeah. You've got Fafita at 21. You've got Brimo at like 23, 24. Jaden Campbell's 19 or 20, sorry. Um, yeah, so huge few years for the Titans. It could really, it could make them, it could break them. Um, really interesting. I mean, what would be cool though? Imagine if, like, we could get sexing up with the Reynolds or something like that after the Broncos. Imagine all of a sudden this whole narrative is just... So Donald, Sexton comes out. And if, if Fogarty's carved. still there, the whole narrative changes for me. Yeah. I, the, the Fogarty thing, I'll never understand. I, I could, the only thing I could understand is the Titans were like, all right, mate, you've got a great deal down there. We're not going to stand in your way. But as a ruthless business... Just gotta, just gotta be like, bruh, sorry. Mate, especially when you look at where your business is at, we've got so much young talent yeah. here. Fuck, it'd be handy to have a, and you know what? He's not even a heaps experienced halfback, but he's a, he's experienced in football. Yeah, absolutely. That's worth an absolute yeah. heap. And what I'm not getting as well is it's like, when you have the conversation with Fogarty, I'm sure the concern was, from Fogarty's perspective, oh well, you've, you've you've told me that Sexton is the starting seven. So why do I need to stay here if I'm not going to get a fair crack at first grade? But like, what I'm not getting from a Titans perspective, why wouldn't you say no, no, he hasn't got the position. Like it's up for grabs because you don't need to back Sexton yet. He's still a, he's still a teenager. Like he hasn't earned the right to be backed mm. from a coach like that. Um, now in saying that, it does become complicated because maybe in contract time, Sexton's team was like. We'll take unders, but you, you better guarantee us a starting spot. Um, that could be a potential. Or maybe they needed a free up cap space and Fogarty was on a decent wicket. Um, very, very complicated. I, I would, you know what? I would love to know what happened because I'm sure there is a lot of information that we don't know. I mean, fuck. There must be more to it. There must be more to it. Because it's not like he's gone to Melbourne. He's gone to yeah. the Roosters. Yeah. He's gone to the Canberra Aiders who, from the outside looking in, it looked like there was issues there all season. Mm. And I mean... Yeah, I don't, it's a very strange one. I mean, his team played finals. The Canberra Raiders didn't with their squad. Mm. It's very interesting. It's not like I mean, he's not. Well, in my opinion, he's not moving to a nicer part of Australia. Look, I think that's not an opinion. I think it's a fact. Yeah, I think that's a fair shout. It's a fucking fact. And my missus, lighting up. yeah, my missus is from Canberra. I love her more than I love myself, and I say that. So I say it with all love and all due respect. Like, thank you, Canberra, for producing. Something that means so much to me, but I apologise. The area that you live in, not as good as the Gold Coast. Just going to throw it out there. Is that hot take? looking for fireworks and porn outside is, of that. Is Gold Coast, is that hot take Gold Coast being a better area to live than Canberra? Is that hot take? Surely not. <laughs> you know what? It's the internet. It's hot take to someone. <laughs> Fuck the Gold Coast. Fucking rah, rah, Bunch of fucking people with tattoos, sleeves. Fucking. Um, yeah, interesting times. In saying that, Fogarty and, and, and Sticky, I think they get such a great relationship because like Fogarty's not a prima donna. He's a battler that found, like just struggled his way to first grade. So he's going to be a yes sir, no sir, how much sir, 
where, when, and when, and how. What do you want me to do? Whereas sometimes a, a coach like Ricky, if you get a, a, a prima donna, they just clash. Because it's like, if he doesn't yes sir, no sir him, it's all of a sudden, well, you're not on my team, so fuck. See you. I mean, we saw. And so. once again, I don't know these three halfbacks from a bar of soap, but they've been Australian schoolboys halfbacks. They've been hot property. They're just coming out of school where they've been the guy the whole time. To have a guy like Fogarty, who's never been the guy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. would be pretty fucking handy. You can teach them everything about the, the tough stuff of, of rugby league, of like yeah. not making it and how lucky they are to be there. Yeah. And, and you're right, we, we don't know these guys, so they could have that already sorted. Like mentally, they could already be there. Um, so it's interesting. What we, what we actually do each year is um, at the end of the year, and we're going to make this tradition, we did it last year, is we're going to we go back at all the stuff we said, the big things we said, and we go, we got that wrong, we got this right, we got that wrong. Um, Can't wait. And so it'd be really interesting. I think this is going to be really interesting. Yeah. Did yeah. we get it wrong? Did we get it wrong and, and Sexton turned out to be great? Um, Where do they finish? Look, I know it's a bias, but I, I can't help but compare them to the Broncos. And I look at that Broncos side and I look at that Titans side and, and I, it's clearly biased. It's clearly biased. And I'm from the fucking Gold Coast, but I don't think they're... I think that Broncos side should beat that Titans side seven times out of ten. So where I just can't find a spot for them in the eight. I, I can't... like. When you really look at that Broncos roster for what they should do an extra year with Payne Hass, got Tony Staggs back on the field, Adam Reynolds, Kurt Catewell, Selwyn Cobbo. Against, yeah, I, I just can't find a spot in the eight. I just can't. I want to because I've obviously been from the Gold Coast um, and, I, and Campbell's one of my most keen players to watch and I love watching Brimo play. I just can't find them in the eight. I've got them 11th or 12th. Yeah, me. that's probably where I'd land them to at the moment. Um, yeah, I just... If Fogarty's in the side... Or at least in the squad, that sh- might change a little bit for me. But yeah. Um, now, uh, Jojo Fafita, so he is obviously David Fafita's cousin. Yeah, cousin he is, yeah. And um, he's come from Union. He was playing 13 in Union, which is outside centre. Very rangy, very quick. Moves a bit like David. Um, I think he'll probably end up in the back row long term. Mm. Uh, he's definitely one to keep an eye He's very raw, hasn't played a heap of league. I think he's come straight from Union, essentially. Yeah. Uh, but he's one I wouldn't be surprised if you see him this year. In saying that, a lot of quality outside backs at the Titans. Yeah, they do have... They do have Roster-wise, they're in a better position than they have been for quite some time. Yeah. Probably since the Preston Prince days, I'd it's say. It's just that your key guys are young. Yeah, key so young. young. And they've never played together. Yeah. Like, essentially, like, Brimo's played... I don't... No, they've never... Aaron Clark would have played with Campbell maybe a little bit off the bench. Uh, anyway. They're very they, – they remind me of Newcastle. It's a similar sort of position. Mm. That everything else is sorted. It's just your spine that worries you, and that's so I'm important. saying that, like, Newey have, like, origin players, you know? Like, yeah, for sure. Like, and Tino, but outside of that. Yeah, but, but they've also got outside backs that they wouldn't be paying too much that I think are very yeah. fucking good. Patrick Herbert is – like, I felt so, – like – Obviously, he should have passed that ball at the end. And, and we all make mistakes on the footy field. I felt so sorry for him because he was so good that whole game. He was so good that whole game. And he's, in my opinion, one of the most underrated centres in the NRL. Did you see his quote the other day? I loved it. Unreal. So good. Loved it. Man, I, I honestly, I felt like messaging him, like, bro, like, man, let it go. Like, you, you were a gun last yeah. year. Like, he, some of the stuff that he did... Um, yeah, I'm a huge Herbert, Herbert fan. And you put like you got him. You got, I, I think Brian Kelly could play Origin and handle himself too. When, when he debuted at Manly, 
He was. I was going. Fuck. Who is this? Kid? He was. I can't believe they let him go. Yeah, I was surprised they let him go. Yeah, for he's sure. from up that way. He's a. Um, he's a Ballina boy. So maybe yeah. he wanted to get home. I'm not sure, but he's an absolute weapon. I mean, Philip Sammy has played Origin mm. and has handled himself. So the, the, they've got Isan Masters, who at the Tigers in his first year was one of the best centers in the comp. Yeah, I think he made Phil Gould's team of the year. Uh, ran for the most metres of any centre in the NRL in 2018, I think it was. Isan Mars is on his days, also He's a, a weapon. And they would have got him for peanuts as well. You got this Marsu who we're just starting to see now. Yeah, Greg Marsu as well. Fuck, he's a big boy. Wow. Um, Goes to the gym, doesn't he? Yeah, I think he does gym. Did you? Can you confirm that, please? Does, I'll, does I'll Google gym, it for you. Does Greg Marsu go to the gym? And apologies if we're is it if we're saying that wrong. Is it Marsu? Marsu? I'm not exactly sure. He actually changed his name. For years, he was Greg um, Lesiano or something like yeah. that. I can't because it was a few years ago he changed it. But he's been spoken about at Parramatta for years. Oh, really? Is it Parra? Yeah, he was, was at Parra. But his name was different then. Then he changed his name and he arrived up the Gold Coast and he finally got to play. And he's New Year, New Me kind of stuff. Yeah, well, yeah. Any of your Supercoach fans would have known about this guy for five years. Oh, okay. Because it just looked like the next semi Rod Raja every single year. That crew, they love me, the Supercoach. Love you, adore you. <laughs> <laughs> Super coach but hate me because I always put shit on with memes. <laughs> oh, it's all love though, baby. It comes from a place of love. I'm just taking the piss out of you. I get the piss taken out of me every day in comment section. Um, no, you know what I love about the Super Coach fans is like when you're talking about the core of rugby league fans, it's them. it is 100% them. Yep. These guys are not only watching rugby league, it's almost a second job. They are truly the core of rugby league. Like, there is no doubt. Remember when I messaged you, what, would have been a year ago, and I was like, I want to do something with yeah. the Supercoach kind of crew and that. You remember what I said, dear? Yeah, probably don't because I, I fucking like, hate oh, you. Oh, they'll probably kill you. I don't know. <laughs> and then I laughed my head off and said, the trolling's working. <laughs> Job done. Job done. Um, no, but they are the core. Like, they truly are. If, if, you, if you're talking about, like, the heart of, of footy fans, it's Supercoach fans and people that play, like, local footy. I have like mates that are diehard Rabbitohs fans mm. and they will cheer on their rooster who is in their super wow, coach that's team. Crazy. It's sort of that sort of. That's crazy. Um, yeah, so look, Titans roster-wise, really, really good. Um, if Sexton and Thomas Weaver can get through this period, this first year, then they, then they are truly – because like, I think their CEO came out and said something along the lines of like, we've got a four-year plan or mm. a three-year plan. Then, boom, they truly are on the trajectory. to yeah. If they make finals this year – they are on the trajectory to... If I'm wrong, which I quite often am, mm. Titans are flying. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. Because like, if Sexton does turn into the, the half that his trajectory is on, yep. then all of a sudden you've got Jaden Campbell, one of the hottest properties in the NRL right now. You've got Brimo who killed it in origin and he's just a gun player. And then you've got Sexton. The only other recruit you might need to make is maybe at nine. Maybe. Because like, you've still got depth there. So, yeah. Um, now, on to Manly. We've got... First man up is K.O. Weeks. Is that how you say it? I believe so, yeah. I haven't seen a heap of this guy. Um, he's been playing Reggie's there. Looks talented. Um, there's not really a heap of guys in their top 30 you haven't heard of. Yeah, okay. Um, the one I'm probably more excited about uh, is the next one. Uh, okay. I believe it's pronounced cooler. He's the one that apparently he's faster than Jason Saab. Mm. He's come out of Newington. Um, if you if you go on YouTube and you type in either of these two names, it's these two setting each other up in reserve grade. Yep. They both look really talented, but a lot of depth in the outside backs at Manly. Mm. Um, cooler if you see him I this year. there's a bit of room in the fullback position to, get to, to nab that. Could be open, could it? All right. I'd, look, I just don't think he's cemented his spot. Mm. Um, and also, you've got to put pressure on him. 
Just imagine, just imagine Desi come out and said, no, nah, everyone's battling for jerseys this year. Right, yeah. The good old everyone's battling for jerseys. That is such a – hey, people listening. When a coach says everyone's battling for jerseys is nonsense. The 13 is basically picked except for one or two spots, and those one or two spots are because that a player has signed somewhere else. The good old fighting for jerseys, like give me a break. Man, even even like – What's funny is like they'd say it to the team, like the squad at the start of every preseason. You have to, and you, though. And you just yeah. look at each other going, fuck, oh, you're, you're Carmichael, Lockie and Petro and Webke and, and Brad Thorne and David Stagg and Hodges and – do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, their positions are up for grabs. Like, I say it to my under-16s team and I, I know that they know I'm full of shit. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so really interesting. Saab level fast, that's interesting because I wonder whether it's he beat him in 20 metres – because like Saab's first 10 is, isn't as quick because obviously he's such a big mm. body. But Saab's top speed is obviously really, really like incredible. Um, so also, if Foxtel's KO doesn't do some promo with KO Weeks, I'm not here. If, if KO <laughs> Weeks becomes a superstar and they're not like, are you watching KO this week? They go, are you watching KO this week? And then they wait 10 seconds and go... So it's well, if he steals that fullback jersey, might be perfect um, as well. I'll tell you what, if he does steal that, I'd be fucking signing on a 10-year deal with Kayo. Uh, so he, he was always in the New South Wales pathways a year early, Kayo weeks. So oh, really? Yeah, so he was, he was always yeah. around that pathways camp. That's so. good, good signs, really good signs. i tell you what, what, what Manly has managed to do when it was looking like an absolute disaster a couple of years ago, like in the media, we don't have training facilities, the coaches are getting sacked, the club's struggling financially. Like we forget, two years ago, Manly were a shit show. Yeah. Like Manly were, what, they 15th, were they? <coughs> yeah. 15th. Yeah. yeah, those few years that, that Trent Barrett was there, it was it – was, and I, I actually don't think that's a reflection on Trent Barrett. I just think you need manly people in there. Yeah. I think that it's, it's similar-ish to Broncos' situation where regardless of who took over Wayne, it's just a Wayne club. Yeah. Like, obviously, we've, we, we need to move past that. Um, I think manly was similar-ish. They had so much success under Tuvi and Desi that, like, it's, it's kind of like their club, like, very hard to come in and, you know, Trent's coming from Penrith, was it? And so it's a very different system out there. Was it? Was no, it? he went to Penrith. Went Where to did he Penrith. come from before that? I'm not even sure. Was that his? Can you check his wiki, please? Because that's always correct, the wikis. I remember, um, though, talking to, and like just, just an example of how different Manly is to other systems or has been. Uh, when Dylan Walker left South and went to Manly, he, he told me about his first day and he got out of his car and you know took his bag in with him. Jamie Lyon said, where the fuck are you going to put that? He said, oh, am I changing? He goes, no, leave it in your car. We don't do that. Left in his car and in the end of training, he, he went to have a shower and he said he, he couldn't find the showers. Fuck. And he went out of the car park and Jamie Lyon was under the hose and he just, he just it rattled him because he went from South Sydney that was just wow. top shelf. But whether you're showering in a shower or under a hose, doesn't, you win games of football. Well, you know what's funny is that like I've spoken to quite a few of that old generation and they all kind of had this pact. It was like a... This disagreement of like, play hard, train hard, old school, the boys together, we don't need none of that shit. Like yep. very, very, and, and what's interesting is that when the fracture did happen in the club, and, and obviously we don't know the, the full details, but you know, Anthony Watmore has spoken on a bit, but there was this older crew that had kind of come together and said, we will take pay cuts, um, you know, we, we will this, that, and the next thing. Whereas like when the next generation comes through, 
it's very hard to, to keep that under control, especially rugby league changed. It's not like it, what, it, what it used to be, whereas like Manly was a throwback. And it was also like, it was very different to like even the Storm. They were such rivals, but Storm were very like, you know, a lot of video sessions, a lot of this, whereas like Manly with his old school, just a real old school mentality of just like, yeah, we get on the beers, we get pissed and that together. But at the same time, when we get on the field, we rip and tear. When, when you were at the Broncos, were you training in an old school gym or were you in one of those state of the art? Um, no, see, I've, I, got a real, I don't know where I, I land on this. There's yeah. something about forcing, like our gym wasn't like old, like shocking. Yeah. But at the same time, it was like just a small gym. Um, and there's something I do believe that about that that like gives it this kind of like gritty nature as a rugby league player. I mean, we went to Warriors and their gym was like in their stadium and it was much bigger. And it was almost, it just, and it's, this is because Broncos was my home. So obviously anything that's not your home doesn't feel familiar. But there was something kind of like not, it wasn't cosy. Whereas the Broncos gym, like I just remember Dan Baker, the, the gym, like he was so good and just like stinking, sweating up and fucking just like, I didn't even think we were allowed music at that stage. Obviously things have changed, but it was just purely about getting big and strong um, in this shitty little gym. Whereas obviously now it's, it's state of the art. I, I wonder sometimes when you have young guys coming through in state of the art systems, like it makes them feel better than they really are. Uh, it's and I imagine topic. when you were, you know, not talking for you, but I imagine that, you know, when you were in that gym at the Brisbane, you would have known the guys that come before you oh. using that shit. And it, it would have been the same stuff from 10 years ago. Yeah, for, like, sure. for sure. I, I personally think that stuff has an impact on you. Yeah, it is. It's really interesting. It's like, it's very, it seems like a small detail, but it just it kind of like <laughs> flows down from everything like there's history in that gym yeah there's there's there is a respect for the history um and then then also that, that that makes you like respect the older players and that blah 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 um and so mainly i guess what happened you know he 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 came and i very hard for him to know that history when they're such an old cl- old school club at mainly mm-hmm. but for them to turn like what's what what just blows my mind is Des Hasler, who's like the king of science, like he's the science man, Matt, the mad professor, goes there with the same, essentially the same roster and takes him in that deep run until they get kicked out, uh, knocked out in the semi, not the prelim. Was it the prelim? Uh, semi. Because yeah. Rabbitohs went on to the prelim and then they got picked out. Uh, it's one of the great turnarounds. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, without taking anything away from Des, like, I think it obviously coincides with Jake and Tom coming of age mm. to some extent as well. Um, yeah. Speaking of coming of age, the next man is Ben Trevojevic. Yeah, interesting. I've been told by many people, well, I shouldn't say, I haven't been told this year, I got told last year. No one's probably saying it anymore. But that he could have been the best out of both, all, all of them so far. That yeah. he's sort of a hybrid of, a, of both of them. He's sort of a second row slash um, centre. He's only played four games, first grade. Vast majority off the bench, not really having much impact. Well, his first game, he got knocked out in his first tackle, didn't he? Yeah. Or bloke. Yeah. So fucking hell. There isn't a heap of form there, but you watch his, uh, you watch his Young highlights stuff. coming through and stuff. Uh, he was quite often in a team with Josh Schuster, and some of the shit they did together was unbelievable. Yeah. But yeah, Ben, I yeah, I, I think you'll see him in this side somewhere. But if at the end of the season he's played ten games altogether, I won't be surprised. Mm. I, I don't think this is the year he really explodes. Are you concerned about? Um, and I'm not saying that I am concerned about this, but are you concerned about this Travojevic name? Like, that pressure now is like, if he is just good, he's actually bad to the fans. Do you know what I mean? If he is mm. just solidly good in the NRL, it'll be like, oh, he's shit. 
But in reality, it's just because he's a Travojevic, you expect him to go out and be the next Gaznier in the centres or the next, you know, Steve Menzies or something in the edges there and that. I get what you're saying, but from what I've seen of him, I'm not concerned. Not concerned at all? Yeah, I yeah. think he'll be yeah. okay. No, I, I agree. Like, it, I, I don't think it is, con- is a concern. I don't think it, it will happen, but I do believe that there is a potential for that name, that weight, mm. um, just to affect him a little bit, you know? Like... Let's say he comes in and he just plays okay for the first year. Imagine what everyone's going to be saying online and shit. Mm. You know? I'd probably argue it'd be a little bit different if he was a fullback or a middle. Yeah, okay. I think because he plays a different position, uh, you're probably looking elsewhere. Mm. But uh, I also think that these two, they are just so loved by, I was going to say manly fans, but by everyone. Everyone, You can't find any. Like, if you've got a reason to hate Tom or Jake, you're kidding yourself. Give me a break. Absolutely kidding yourself. Um, but, yeah, if you get, get the chance, go and watch Ben Trevojevic highlights because it is impressive. And it, what's interesting is he's like – he's thicker than Tom Trevojevic but a little bit shorter, but he's taller than – he's like truly – if Jake and Tom had a baby, yeah. it'll be Ben. He's like, a hybrid. He's, yeah. a, he's a hybrid. So it is really going to be interesting seeing him in that second row position. If he does grow into that same athletic ability as Tom – could you imagine a bloke with Tom's footwork in that, but Jake's strength? Yeah, it'll be crazy. And be that's crazy. what he is. Yeah, wow. Like it's it's a it's <coughs> scary. Oh, I don't know if he's a center or a second rower. I honestly think it'll the position he plays will be determined by Manly's roster. Yeah, very true. Very very true. And um, then, yeah. Just I, one, sorry, just winding back. Trent Barrett was it? He was actually at Penrith before Manly as well before, yeah, in their twenties right. team. Sorry, coaching their twenties team. Okay, so and and Penrith's. Uh, building of excellence or whatever what's it called again the center of excellence center of excellence so going from that to manly very very old school that's probably mm. why you know he was struggling with the lack of facilities which is fair like all the best clubs now have good facilities like yep. new age of footy yeah and then last obviously latu fano only 16 years old though but he's signed the biggest contract yeah uh yeah uh, black book you just need to be aware of this kid yep because uh, when he arrives, he's going to hit you like a train. I think we said it last week, but you you could potentially end up with a Fino at hooker, a Fino at 5'8", a Travojevic at lock, a Travojevic at fullback, a Travojevic at centre. Yeah. And I think there's also another Fino in the squad, and I think there's a couple younger as well. So, wow. Um, yeah, scary. So, yeah, Manly, Manly just oh, their ability. Like, every single player they've got right now has re-signed. To the, you know what I mean? They've just... I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they managed to. It was looking like a disaster. To all of a sudden, everyone's locked up on contracts. There seems to be no kind of infighting. There's no dramas. There's no issue. You know what I mean? Like that was a quick turnaround. Shit like that usually takes years. Turnaround. Um, so so credit to everyone there. Well, in saying that, if you rewind to round four of 2021, yeah, was, was getting sacked in two weeks. If you That's read the it. papers. Yeah. I remember when they were like, uh, reporters were asking him, well, do you need someone to come in and help you in that? And he was like, like, God, okay. Um, yeah, that, that for me was bizarre because like literally the year before, they'd gone deep in, well, deep-ish into the mm-hmm. finals and they didn't have Tom Travojevic as well. Yep. And four games in, they're talking sacking and that's like, you've got to give some time, surely. Especially to a great, one of the great, like he, he was a, a, a super coach, like, in the same vein as Bellamy, Wayne, um, and Trent hadn't started yet, but do you know what I mean? He was getting mentioned in that during that period where he was at the Manly, then went to Bulldogs. 
He was in the same That's conversation. The like, you got to remember, he went he went to the 07 Grand Final, lost that, went to the 08, won that. Went, what, what was it, 2012 and lost that. Sorry, went 2011, won that. 2012, yep, lost, lost that. that. 2014. 2014 lost that. So what's that? That's like five, five grand finals in seven, seven years, years or something. Yeah, that's crazy. That's Bellamy-esque. Yeah. And it was at two different clubs. Yeah. Um, oh, oh yeah, look, I, I don't know what happened to the doggies, and I've said this before, and, and you know, some, a lot of people have – not a lot of people. Some people disagreed, but I just – I feel like maybe Desi made mistakes. Well, not maybe. He, I'm sure he made mistakes. But the, the campaign – when he left to make it look like he was 100% the problem, he did all these back-ended deals and this, that, and the next thing. I just think that, like, the proof's in the pudding. Look where Manly are right now. Yeah. Like, so was it, was it really all Dez's fault? I don't think so. Like, I think there's hard facts to say, no. Like, he came to the Doggies, they killed it. He killed it before at Manly. They had a few lean-ish years. And now he's at Manly, they're killing again. Not only are they killing it, so when he took over Manly... They were 15th. The dogs were 12th. You know, you know what I mean? He took that same manly roster deepish into the finals and Bulldogs went backwards. Tell me Des was the only guy at Canterbury that was signing contracts and yeah, had anything it's, to it's do with it. Like, the, it's a bizarre... I don't... It's like they, they act like he forced them into doing it. Yeah, the, like Chief, um, Chief Financial Officer, CFO, the guy that spent four to eight years at uni learning how to take care of numbers. Desi, like what? grabbed him and held his hand like i just it doesn't make sense to me I, I, the campaign was so effective though like i remember there was one article was like what desi has done is almost criminal like literally there was an article about that um so yeah i look i'm sure he did do things wrong we every, every coach makes mistakes even wayne even belly aching that um but yeah I, that, that that whole narrative to me i feel like he has since going back to melbourne uh, Manly, sorry, has truly proven that that narrative or the campaign to make him look that way probably wasn't 100% accurate. Probably no one at Canterbury complaining when they're in their second grand final in three years. To and like the year that he left, I think they only missed finals once, and they were like, "Nah, you got to go." And it's like, "Bruh, like look where you." Anyway, um, and he like, I mean, we 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 look back and we think about that South Sydney grand final, Matt. Did you blow them off the park in reality? Uh, it was six all with 15 minutes to go. Yeah. yeah. Everyone forgets. Yeah. Melbourne just beat them in 2012. Slater comes up with that unbelievable play where he punches it over the dead ball line. Like, mm. game, like, he, you know, if one or two things go his way yeah. and the momentum didn't swing so heavily late, he's, or if he's won two... Look at that Rabbitohs roster in 2014. Stacked. Absolutely crazy roster. Crazy roster. Um, yeah, so, anyway, uh, Manly turnaround has been great. Really interesting, though, because, like, I, there's this kind of like just a tiny bit of me, like like 99% of me is like you know finals footy, but like there's that that first four games and then they struggled in the big games has just scarred me enough to go. Would I bet the house on it that they're going to be a top four side again, top five side? I wouldn't bet the house on it. Um, there's just that little voice in the back of my head that is concerned that if it's happened before, could it happen again? Uh, but most of me says that, you know... It, I'm confident confident. they'll be top six, yeah. but I've got that voice in the back of my head screaming they're not going to be contenders yeah. under the But do you lines. have a little a, a little concern that, like, they could even miss the eight if things go wrong for them? You know, like, let's say Tom doesn't, you know, touch wood, gets injured, or DCE gets injured. Are you, is there any little... Yeah, I mean, but... Uh, that's with uh, any team, really. That, that's with any team yeah. outside of the top three, realistically. Yeah, that's true. 
that's very true. Um, going to be interesting. I, I think I think Desi, if he isn't sitting there on the board going, okay, when's the first time we play Penrith and when's the first time we play Stormwall Roosters? And, and circling those games and going, these are literally the most important games of the year for us because if we, if we get up and show we can do these big games, their yeah. confidence goes through. Do, do, do you have the manly draw there? Who do they? Do they play any of the... I've got a feeling they might play Penrith early off the top of my head. Huge Penrith game. manly is the first game of the year. Yep, What's that it, sounds I'm, about right. I mean, that's a, such a big no game. No Cleary though, but still, it'll be a huge one for them to win. Is Cleary out? Oh, well, we're assuming so. It's not like 100%, but it's most likely that he'll miss the first couple yeah, of Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to rush, rush him back, back okay. one, personally. Okay. Yeah, they oh. got... They got um, Manly have Penrith, Roosters, first two rounds, then Dogs. Roosters ends the game. Roosters is the game. Because yeah, Penrith without Nathan's a different team. Roosters is a game where you go, where are we at? Are we... You know, was it just we struggled at the end of the year because we just struggled? Um, but anyway, it's good signs for a Manly fan. Good times. Uh, now, onto the Storm. I tell you what, it's so weird, man. Every time we, like, give a young guy, like, a massive rap, he gets locked up in a big contract. Remember Jaden Campbell? Yeah. I was like, mate, if I'm a club, I'm signing him on a big deal immediately. And then a day later, boom, deal gets announced. Obviously, I'm not saying that they... <laughs> the recruitment isn't going, oh, shit, we better sign him. But it's just a funny coincidence. Uh, but anyway... Haworth, Jack Haworth, signed a five-year deal at the Melbourne Storm. You wouldn't read about it. Not even – I don't even think Cameron Smith got a five-year deal. Not when he played zero games. It's, no. it's unbelievable to think that they have signed someone for this long who hasn't played a game of rugby is, NRL yet. It's fucking crazy. Is it because he's that good or is it because – they're, just, they're, 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 they're feeling the pressures of the market. I, I just, I can't imagine a world where this would happen. Even to go deeper, he's not a halfback. He's not a 5'8". He's not a hooker. He's a role player. Mm. He's got huge upside. There's no doubt about it. But, yeah, it's a very, I was, mate, we spoke about him for half an hour the other day, how high he was. And when I saw five years, even I sort of went. Yeah, I was like, good God. Whoa, I would have thought like two years max, like. But at the same time, like, so I left, someone asked me the question, or oh, do you think they're feeling the pinch? And I was like, I actually think what they've done is just taken a leaf out of the Rabbitohs and Roosters books because when Cam Murray and Radley were coming through, they both got signed on four-year deals. And mm. the, the, the way that has helped their cap, like, for example, Victor Radley now on the open market, what, six, seven hundred, eight, eight hundred K even? You push eight. You could push eight. Him. He's won two comps. He's, he's probably yeah. on 400 K max, max because he signed a long-term deal. Cam Murray, who only just recently resigned, but before that he was on a four-year deal, he was playing Origin. He would have been on about 300K. Mm. So like the risk reward, with a, when you look at a guy like Holworth, as long as he doesn't get injured and he's so talented, if he is a back rower, look, I know he's listed as center. I, I just think he's a back rower. I, I just, for some reason, I can't get in my head seeing him playing center. I could be wrong though. Um, but Holworth, I just think that although it is very shocking for the Storm to do it. Can you imagine in three years' time if he does become the player he is and he's only on four or 500k? Yeah, I, I said to you the other day that what we've seen it in the highlights reminded me a lot of Angus Crichton. Mm. I was having a look the other day. He is taller and heavier than Angus is now. That's, yeah, that's why I can't. I just. Yeah, yeah, no, I get what you're saying. I, 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 I think he will start in the centres. Yeah. But, but based on how their Fuck, squad that's looks. That's a big centre. Fuck me. Yeah. Yeah, but in saying that, how their squad now looks without Nass and Tui, mm. he might end up as your, your, your extra forward on the bench. Yeah. 
Uh, Either way, I think he's going to do very well. Uh, But, yeah, the the five years rattled me. I I, I refreshed my phone because I was like, nah, surely not. That doesn't – that's un-Melbourne. Is this like – has the new age of rugby league finally caught up to the Melbourne Storm? No, that's – please do not conflate that with, oh, shit, panic stations for the Melbourne Storm. But the Melbourne Storm for so long had that old school – they controlled the culture. But it just seems that this last – 12 months has been like it's almost like it's it's almost like a, a pandemic has finally hit melbourne and new south wales and queensland have been dealing for the last two two uh, last five years finally melbourne has had to go fuck we need to put a five-year deal together do you what do you think so yeah it could also just be a response to someone else i'm sure there would have been probably 15 other teams sniffing around this yeah. kid so um yeah i'm not sure what to make of it it's it still kind of shocks me that it's but like, think about all the, the the things that we've never seen happen at the storm before happened in the last yeah, four or five months. Now. Yep. You know, they lost three captains. You, um, you put the post up, didn't you? Yeah, three, three captains, captains in, in a three row. Years. Yeah. Um, are we are we just seeing the ushering in finally of the mo- the modern athlete to the storm? You know, you know, for example, the cheese. He became a, almost a a cult hero. Mm. I, I don't think Melbourne had ever had that before. Really, uh, think back. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they had cult issues. I would argue as well, it's probably easier to have a cult hero now than it ever has been yeah, at sure. the same time. But he is a very unique character. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Mate, I'm very hesitant to say too much about Melbourne because oh, if there was any other club in this situation, you go, yeah, this is Barney Rubble. They're in all sorts. But Melbourne, I just I refuse to let myself think that. I totally agree. Apart. Because they've proven everyone wrong so many times. Yeah. So you're just like, I'm not saying it. I don't want to say it. Yeah, Every, my brain says on paper they're falling apart. Mm. But I just know that they could have a shocking season and finish fourth. Yeah. Like logically, when you look at everything that's happened, you go, I am concerned. But yeah. then when you go, okay, look at the history. Every time you think you're concerned, you've been wrong. Yeah. And then, you know, yes, so many guys have left and they're so talented, but they will be left with Grant, Hughes, Munster, Pappy. Mm. Bellamy for years has got the very best out of anyone in the forward pack. Yeah. Olam's in there. You've got, yeah. I, I, I just, I, I think with that spine, a little bit of strike. They've still got Remus. Xavier Coates is walking in Remus there now. Remus just re-signed as well, yeah. yeah. Xavier Coates, Huge. big body. Yeah. I, I do believe that their forward pack is in probably the most vulnerable position it's mm. been right now. Uh, and, and, and what I mean by vulnerable as is like, I don't have enough information to know where we're going next with the storm. Whereas any other year I could kind of be like, Oh no, I can still see it. Like there's this guy that's part of it. This guy. Whereas like when you look at their fallback, let's say they lose Nas and they obviously they're going to lose Jesse. That looks like Kenny's gone. If, if he just signed a five year deal. Yeah. yeah you'd I you'd have I, to assume Kenny's gone. Yeah. Kafusi's gone. Yep. Tui Kamakamika, I don't think you can put a timeline on that. that like that's be. that's like for for seventeen in your seventeen, it's a new time. They're, they're probably in thirteen of every other team. Yep. Bit like it's it's interesting. Again, I, I but I'm totally with you. I, I don't ever want to say, oh fuck, it's finally the time to storm it. Because no, no, it's one of the best sporting organisations in the world. Um, and for me, it feels different to when Slater retired. When, when Cameron Smith retired, when Cooper Cronk left, it feels more as a whole system. There's just holes, but... Yeah, it wasn't just like one player. They still had, you know, a bunch of guns. Yeah. It's like 
is all these like little things. It's like death by a thousand cuts. I'm not saying it is death by, but just like these little things that keep pricking at them. But at the same time, if you know, if two out of the four spine players are in the top three players on the field, yeah. they're not going to lose. Yeah. Really, really interesting. Really interesting to see what positions. What I mean, we have to ask the question now: Are we going to see an aggressive storm in the market now? We haven't seen it in a since since Croker mm. since Crocker. Sorry. Yeah. Um, even Coates to an extent, like he wasn't. He's not. He wasn't the same. Like no, Cro- Crocker. Crocker was literally the best. You know, one of the best forwards in the game. Yeah. Do you think we're going to see a, an aggressive storm in the market? Fuck, I hope so. I hope so because that's chaos. Yeah, it's going to be unreal. I, 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 that's yeah. fucking chaos. Storm cashed up in a market, battle on the roosters, battle oh, I wanna see it. I wanna see it so bad. Who do you think they're targeting? Uh, I reckon they would be sniffing around Luke Thompson from Canterbury. Okay. okay. Wouldn't surprise me. I think that I, I, I'm assuming that there must be some salary cap pressure up there at Canterbury. Because it wasn't so there was whispers that he was go- there was a chance. There's been whispers that he's been going to go or is going Him to leave. Him at the Storm. Oh. Oh, I reckon he would be the perfect sort of guy. Oh, he would be so good at the Storm. And it would be so good for his career. And he's from England, so like down there wouldn't matter to him. And he's a great bloke. Oh, I do like Luke Thompson a lot. That would be a good buy. And you probably wouldn't break the bank with him either. No, you wouldn't. No, you'd, you'd say to him, like... I'm sorry, he's come to Australia to be successful. Yeah. Canterbury might be over the next few years, but Melbourne will be. Okay, I like that. I like that. Is there anyone else that you... Um, I don't want to say it to you, but I'd definitely be giving Payne Haas a buzz to uh, see. You know what's crazy is that's who I was thinking when I asked you. Yeah. It's like, if I'm... upset you, but... <laughs> if I'm the Storm, from a Storm's perspective, I'm, um, I'm already reaching out to Haas and yeah. going, mate, we'll build a club around you. Here's your, here's your you know, 900k a year. We will win premierships. We will give you a legacy that will be unmatched anywhere else. Yeah. Um, now, Payne has just got upgraded, but I don't think he extended. So can you check the end of his contract? I think it's 2024. Um, but that's, you know, that timing is, is not too late. You know, like, so you've got Jesse that's going at the end of this year. You, you stop gap for a couple of years. And then you make a huge play to a guy like Haas. 2024 is only 23 years old. Mm. Um, yeah, that would. I mean, that, that's that's what. If you're the storm, that's what you're doing. I think as well. If you can't get Haas, ring um, Stefano at the Tigers. Ooh, you know what's crazy is that uh, Stefano admitted that the reason why one of the reasons why his game went to another level after he went into camp was he was speaking to Dale Finucane. Shocked said me. That the things that I was learning off Dale Finucane about professionalism and blah blah blah. Stefano, that's a good buy. And he wouldn't, I don't think he's on a long deal either. No, um, yeah. I, I also think the guy that they let go, Aaron Penne, he's gone to the Warriors. Mm, I think he's back. the perfect sort of guy that mm. they. 24. For 24. Us. Okay, wow. Wow. So he comes off when he's 24. Is that where you. Yeah, it's his final year of his contract. 2024? Yeah. Right. Ooh. Oh, man. How are the Broncos going to keep him? Can you imagine his value in 2024? What are you, what are you, talk, what are you paying for Payne House 2024? Honestly, it depends how the game plays out over the next few years. Well, let's just assume he keeps his form up. Yeah, and assuming the game stays the same, I'd, you know, assuming the little leadership things that I saw last year, yeah, I reckon eight. Eight? Yeah. Fuck, I'm pushing nine, honestly. It's a lot of money to play for a front rower, though, man. Imagine what he could do at the Storm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But Like, he'd be scoring tries. Like, he'd be... Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. But it's... If I'm Brisbane, I think you're... I don't know. It's I don't tough. know if it's Bri- hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. 
it, I just could you imagine him in a side that like he look what he's done at the Broncos mm. imagine him at the Roosters the Storm the Rabbitohs like getting quick play the balls getting halves that are hitting him on good long oh man scary I side. also think though when you look at Taumalolo at the moment that a guy like Haas is just going to be so targeted every single week and you know he's young at the moment it's tackle breaks tries mm. it's unreal but it is going to take a toll on his body. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like he, he's 21, playing 80 minutes in the front row and a team getting Insane. bashed, and he's yeah. the one that's got to lead the way. Like, mm. that's, that's, yeah, be my only worry with Haas, but he's a generational yeah, guy. I don't, think you, I, I, I don't think you sign 10 year deals. I just that don't know. ridiculous, yeah. You know, again, the argument could be made look, if Cowboys don't give Tamalo a 10 year deal, do they win the Premiership? You know? Like, yeah. Would would you be willing to give a guy a ten year deal to win a premiership if you haven't won one before? Probably, especially if, if he's going to deliver for the next four or five years. Like you know what I mean? Like you you could okay. So for most of Tamalolo's contract, he's delivered high high quality footy, and he's been in two grand finals. And I I personally don't think they've even used him properly. So, so that ten year deal I would still say is a success. Even though he's probably the only player that you would say like fuck ten year deal. How, how many years has he got left? Yeah, I'm not sure. Not sure. Must um, be at least three, right? Yeah, about three or four, I'd say. Three or four, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. 2024, holy shit, Broncos are going to be. Mate, if the Cowboys keep struggling, the Melbourne reach out there. Ooh. And and, and like and you think the Cowboys go look? It's 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 fucking our cap up. We need to move you on. We'll, we'll pay 300k of it. Because my, my other argument is, with Ta- and this is nothing against Tamalolo, it is just the reality of, this, of the game right now. Tamalolo runs for 300 metres. He breaks this record. He breaks that record. Cowboys finish 14th mm. consistently. Like, yeah. what he does doesn't directly lead to wins for me So as in, in the Cowboys you're think You're thinking... Blow, like the Cowboys have got to make a decision of like, we're going to blow this whole squad up or we're going to try to work with what we've got kind of thing. Uh, yeah, that's what I, I, I just, mate, like you, you post stats like me all the time and, you know, the amount of times I post something about Taumalolo and it's unbelievable. Mm. This team doesn't win. Same with Hass too, to, to an extent. Yeah. This shocked me. He actually comes off in 27. 27? Mm. According to NRL.com. Fuck. If you're the storm, are you putting in a little feel there and going? Here is it now. 20, what, are we only halfway through that ten-year deal? Yeah, we yeah. must be. Twenty-seven. I wonder if the storm do put a little bit of a hey, JT. Yeah, I guess it makes think? sense. I mean, 2015, he was very young. That was in his first 40 games or so. Yeah. Like he was a bench 22? forward then. Oh, I thought he. I thought he signed it around 2013-ish. So he must have signed it 2015. Uh, he must have signed it 2016, 17. I'm looking it up. Yeah. Well, I'd question that to be just off the top of my yeah. dome. No, he must have signed it 2016 after his 2015 year. He must have re-signed for that 10-year deal then. You know ja- what I mean? Jason Tamalolo signs 10-year, $10 million deal, 22nd of March, 2017. 2017. Yeah, okay. So it was, so it was after his massive run into that finals in 2017. Wow, really interesting. Really interesting. That's going to be interesting how that plays out at the Cowboys. Yep. Because they can't continue this. They can't keep doing what they're doing. Like, it's going to be really interesting. And also, like, JT, like, you know, Tamalolo might go, like, I'm, I'm one of the greatest forwards of all time. I'm not going to play the rest of my career, you know, in a team that's struggling. Not- and, that, and that's the thing with Tamalolo. He could go to Melbourne and he wouldn't set the same running records, but he wouldn't need to. No. And I think 
at the Cowboys, they probably need him to do that, but it's mm. still not resulting in wins. Yeah. You needed a guy like Thurston Morgan to yeah. take advantage of it. And in three years' time, I think Hylam Lukey, I think the Hammer, there's guys there that can play mm. that they're going to have to give some money to. Yeah, it's interesting. That's interesting. Um, again, all speculation, guys. We don't have any insight or whatever. Imagine Harry Grant off the back of Taumalala. Oh, when he's probably being used efficiently in twenty minute, twenty five minute stints. Like imagine like Hughes around the ruck there, just just hitting him on short balls and that. Yeah, wow. yeah. Wow. Um, so we've got uh, Wishart, spine utility. Yeah, Tyrant Wishart. He is the son of Rod Wishart, Steelers and Dragons, Kangaroo. Um, seen Tyrant play a little bit. Uh, playing like uh, actual um, country football for yep. Jerringong. He's been at the Dragons. I'm surprised they let him go. He can honestly play anywhere in your spine or on the wing or at centre. He's a very versatile guy. Mm. Uh, I probably think his best position will be hooker or seven moving forward. Yep. Um, he'll probably be a little a little bit more versatile, but I see him as sort of being a bit like Cody Nicarima. Okay. Uh, he's one to keep an eye on. I wouldn't be surprised if he's... 14 for round one. Okay. Without Harry okay. Grant and a few other guys. I think uh, they'll probably start with Nicarima at nine, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's... Yeah, I, I read that article, actually, that Nicarima was like... When you have a look at the squad, there's, when you take Brandon Smith and Harry Grant out, they let Smoothie go. He, I don't think he's in the top 30 this year. So mm. I, it, it's Nicarima and Wishart. And unless they go with like a Nick Meany at 14... And we're talking about Jaden Nicarima, guys, not Cody yeah. Nicarima. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Wishart's one to keep an eye on. I'm surprised the Dragons let him go. This Warbrick's interesting. Okay, he's come from Rugby Union. I saw a picture of him, All Black Rugby Union, as yeah. in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, which is he looked physically impressive. Yeah, and I mean, I've seen the Sevens highlights, but I'm sure you'll think the same. I, I don't know how much I read into Sevens highlights. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even. Uh, but he looks like he can play, and I mean, if he was at any other club, I probably wouldn't be as interested. Mm. But walking into Melbourne system. Uh, he could be absolutely anything. The next guy there's Jordan Grant. And I haven't seen a heap of Jordan Grant, but I had to look through some of his stats. And he hasn't played many minutes in first grade. There's not much to go by. But just have a look at some of his Queensland, uh, Queensland Cup games. When he's actually played more than 60 minutes, he averages 150 metres, 30 tackles, two offloads, 70 post contact. Um, and he's able to play 60, 65 minutes. So could be a little bit of upside there. Mm. Um, could be that the smoky, this typical storm. You know, okay player that gets turned into a bloody great player. All of a sudden, he's 18th man in New South yeah. Wales. And yeah. Same old story. But the one that I'm really excited about, and I don't think you'll see him this year, but uh, Luke Pulselli, I think it's pronounced. He hasn't played yet. He was playing for the Falcons last year. Starts there, 11 games, 13 tries, 6 tries, his 10 line breaks, 150 metres. You're shocked that the Melbourne Storm have another really good fullback that they don't use. If Joke. I had to, if I had to, and don't lose your minds, if I had to describe him or pin him as someone in the NRL, the way that he moves is very teddy, very okay. jerky sort of movements. Yep. Um, small can, steps kind of thing. Small steps, yeah, yeah, yeah. Small steps, but really strong. You know, tends to get it out the back of a, of a block play and drag three over with him, yep. that sort of character. Um, where, I think Where does seen, he crack into the side, though? I don't know. But if Pappy gets picked for origin at some point... Um, is he big enough to play on the wing? Maybe. It's hard to tell with that Q Cup yeah, footage. Um, but yeah, he's one just to keep an eye. He might not be this year, but I think over the next few years, if he stays in this Melbourne system, he could. I mean, for you know, if, if it turns out that they need a seven or six over the next few years, I think he's got the ability to be able to. You know what's, yeah, you know what's fucking insane? It's like 
it's almost like who cares what position he yeah, plays? Yeah, yeah. Like he might end up being the best front row we've ever seen because he's in the storm system. Yeah. Like to think that Cooper Cronk wasn't actually even a half. To think that uh, Jer- uh, Jerome Hughes wasn't a half. So, yeah. I'm confident in two years' time we'll both be making posts talking about the line of fullbacks and this kid will be the next one. Yeah, okay. I okay. Think. Interesting, interesting. Now, on to the, uh, the Knights. We've got uh, Bailey Hodgson at fullback. There was one guy that I think so, it's like someone messaged me about Sasagi, maybe? Uh, I mean, I, five, I, eight. He's pretty yeah. handy. Uh, but anyway, Hodge, Bailey Hodgson. Game? Yeah, he's a fullback. He's, I think he's cousin, nephew of Josh Hodgson. Matt, maybe you could have a look. He's some relation to Josh Hodgson. Hasn't played yet. Came over here last year. Had a lot of raps on him, but obviously wasn't in the first grade squad, mm. so didn't play much rugby league last year. I haven't really seen a heap of him, to be honest with you, but I know Newcastle people are fans of him. I think the next guy, Dom Young. And actually, before we get off Bailey, if something happens that there are more injuries there... Josh Hodgson is going to Parramatta next year anyway. Mm. Do Newcastle potentially reach out to Hodgson yeah, okay. during the season? Um, I mean, can you work out if it's a nephew or a cousin? Nephew. Nephew, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Josh Hodgson ends up at... If I'm Ricky Stewart, I know who my future is. It's Tom Starling. Mm. I know Josh isn't going to be there next year. I wouldn't be surprised if Josh Hodgson does end up at Newcastle at some point mm. this year. Interesting, interesting. I mean, they could use him. He'd be so def- good. You could play him at seven, to be honest with you. Because he'd like, do much worse. Oh, like he's if he's just playing good footy, it's yeah. it's, it's as good as Jaden Braley. Yeah, you know, he's his best footy has like Jaden Braley hasn't put in the performances that Hodgson has. Um, so yeah, if they could get Hodgson up there this early, all of a sudden it's like, I mean, I'm still worried about the Knights, but I'm no longer like. Uh, Honestly, if he was there right now, I think I would play him at halfback just for some direction. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And then what you got? Uh, Clifford at six. Clifford at six. Yeah. And then who you putting at nine? You putting? I uh, go with Randall. Randall, tough bastard. Yeah. Do you consider just just crash coursing Kurt Mann? I think Kurt Mann will be fourteen. I think he will play some hooker. Do you, um, but do you consider just going? Let's crash course him. You're the number nine, mate. Get, work on your passing. Work on your defence. Even though his defence is decent. Well, yep. that's, the other, that's the other problem with Kurt Mann. He's too fucking tough for his own good. Yeah, he goes too hard. He goes way too hard for his own good. <laughs> I, if you if you pick Kurt Mann at nine, I guarantee you you're going to be using Chris Randall soon because yep. Kurt Mann's going to put his fucking He'll head right and put my foot yeah. and injure himself. Yeah. Um, he's trying to give a compliment to Kurt Mann, but it's just the reality. <laughs> I, mean, it's absolutely, I mean, I remember I spoke to Reed Marnie on my podcast and he's like – and I. I even said to him, I said, do you feel like sometimes you're probably doing a bit too much work? And he's like, you know what's crazy? He's like, uh, Mick Ennis came to my training session he was watching. And he just said to me, he said to the coach first, and he said to me, he said, mate, you've got to learn mm-hmm. when to do that. There's no point, you know, off a tap. Why are you trying to shot a front rower? Like, like what's the point of that? You're not going to do it. Get a big centre in there, you know, get a big boy in there or, or move someone over so that you're ready. Yeah. Um, and that's all just about experience. And, and, and the goat of that, the absolute pinnacle of smart footy is Cameron Smith. This, like, physically, he should not have been able to tackle the way he did. But everything he did was smart. Everything. Yeah. Every single step he took on that field was was um, conserving energy at the right. Do you know what I mean? Like, there was never a... There was no excess fat in Cam Smith's game. Yeah. When he could walk, he would walk. When he, and, and it's ironic because you, you look at a Cam Smith and you go, you know, you could argue one of the toughest players ever because of being in the middle for, what, 21 years or whatever... Um, and yet, like, you, you'd, you'd say 
oh, that's taking shortcuts. You didn't, you know, you didn't try and shot this forward. But that's not what footy's about. You, you, not everyone can be Sonny Bill Williams and not everyone can be, you know, semi-ride rider on the wing. Um, so you're right. With a guy like Kurt Mann, you put him in that nine roll, he's probably going to make 80 tackles and fuck. Uh, McInnes is another example. Mm, too yeah. tough for his own good. He would get through way too much work and then, you know, he wouldn't have as much spark in attack. Who was, um, the, who was the Parramatta Eels hooker that had to retire? Um, Pritchard? I'm not sure if I've ever yeah, seen a yeah. smaller guy be Case so tough. He literally toughed his way into retiring early. Nathan Peets also. Peetsy, too tough yep. for his own, own good. Fucked his neck. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's a double-edged sword because you want them to be tough, but at the same time... The king of it has to be big Dallas Johnson. Oh, bro. Bro. He was, yeah. He was tough. He was tough. The meaning of tough. Truly, yeah. truly meaning of tough. So Dom Young... Yeah, Dom Young. Is he the, he's not the tall. Yeah, big fella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's, he's got, interesting. Yeah, he's an interesting one for me. He's very raw, though. Yeah, that, my concern for for me is like he's physically got the attributes. You can see it. You look at him, you go far out. Like if you want to design a modern winger, big, tall, rangy, strong bloke. Yeah. Uh, but I agree with you. The rawness of it. Sometimes you know the errors and decision making. I think that like we're not giving enough credit to the fact. Well, I'm not at least. Like you are the fact that there hasn't really been much reserve grade footy in the last two years. So these guys like a Dom Young haven't had the chance to really get that right. And that's the other thing as well. Like there wasn't much reserve grade last year and now the reserve grade that's coming back. Mate, I've got so many mates that were playing reserve grade who had aspirations of playing first grade like that have that. gone, I have to get a job now. Yeah, well, I can't like, I think it's going to have a big influence on rugby league moving forward yeah. personally. Um, but we're Dom Young... different spaces of world as well. Like it's like you kind of like things focus in on what is important to you. Like... Playing a bit of footy on the weekend, it you know might seem a bit selfish because you're not working those extra hours to make sure your family is, yeah. is secure in that. Like oh, I think there's a fair argument that, and as much as they don't come along all that often, but your Cody Walkers, your Mark Nichols, these guys that make it when they're 26, 27, I reckon we would have lost a heap of those guys in yeah. the last 12 months. Sure. A heap of them would have had no choice but to go. I need to go and do something. Yeah, and yeah. then I mean, I mean, you can speak about it. after you retired. Could you have come back a year later and gone mm. back into the grind? It's uh, it's if you haven't played NRL yet, it'd be very tough. If you very have played tough. NRL, you know this. You know that kind of mind state. Just go. Well, I'm back in the first grade system, but to go back to reserve grade and fight Especially that if fight you got again, kids and everything, yeah, oh, to have man. a year with your kids, work it like Mate. it's. Yeah, I, I think there is going to be a gap that not enough people are going to talk about. Uh, also, you got all these young halves. Sam Walker, he, that's what makes what he did so impressive last year is he didn't play rugby league the year before. Yeah, it's wild. It's absolutely wild. Like, And you've got, you got some guys that have now missed out on two years, especially your heart. We already have a halves problem in mm. rugby league. I think there's going to be a gaping hole over the next few years. But, yeah, Dom Young, body, unbelievable. He, you know, he can handle himself. It's just teams were able to pick him apart. Which they should. He's a young bloke. Yeah. Coming into a tape league. So, yeah. Big potential, though. Uh, it sort of reminds me of when Idris first burst onto the scene. Oh, yeah. The great Jamal handle. Idris. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. There's, as you said before, it's the decision making. Yep. Especially that out, will come. out in the wing and centre and that. But, yeah, that'll come. I, I agree with your sentiments. Simi Sasagi. Yeah. Sasagi, a lot of people, but he seems to be sort of the forgotten guy at the moment. He can play. Um, I, I think he's more of a 5'8", but he can fill in at centre. Uh, I think we'll see him at some point this year, okay. especially if they don't find a seven. Yep. I think we will see him at some point. Uh, but once again, it's going to be tough. for him. I think it's going to be tough in that team to do 
Yeah. Well, at the age. Tough times for Knights. Very tough. Uh, Matty Croker. I know Matty Croker. He's a prop. He's also part of 257 Collective, which is uh, Kalen Ponger and Connor Watson. Sucks. It sucks that I haven't, you know, they haven't been continuing to release content. I, I think their content is so cool. It's so different. cool. It's unique. It's unique, but it's, just, it's like they talk a little bit of footy, but not really. And it's just a, a, like a, a, I just love seeing young footy players express themselves creatively yeah. outside of rugby league. As you know, when we were coming through, that shit did not happen. Yeah, like, no way. No chance. Like me trying to start bloking a bar while I'm playing would have honestly, like it would have, like I, I honestly believe. You were playing your games and stuff, weren't you? But it would have been. You video, hit, yeah, like, yeah, like you, you, video you, games, you would have that sort of stuff away. Yeah, were right. you? Or? Yeah, yeah, I got bullied all the time. Yeah. Like, bro, what the fuck are you doing, you weirdo? Rah, rah, like, and that's video games. Whereas yeah. now, everyone's got a Twitch like thing on that. But yeah, if I was to try to start bloking about when I was playing, I honestly, I could be totally wrong, but I, I feel like the senior playing group would have sat me down and been like, bro, this is a distraction. You know, why, why are you talking about rugby league? You, you shouldn't be talking about other teams. You shouldn't be talking to other players. Um, so I think it's good that we've progressed this far. Now, there's, it's a double-edged sword. Some fans feel like, oh, well, it's distraction, but also like they don't care as much because they're focused on something else. I just think that we have to move into the modern era and we have to give footy players a financial another option for themselves but also a creative outlet and allow them to be themselves if they're not playing good footy they'll they'll get dropped and you know what i mean they, they'll make the decision they'll make the call oh, this is actually affecting me or it's not affecting me yeah. or if if they don't make the call and they lose their contract then they lose their contract they're gonskis I'm, I'm sure you'll be in the same boat like I'm, I'm sure you've had many conversations like this when i've had guys on my podcast you know after they're asking questions about podcasting and social media mm-hmm. and I, I reckon i've said to at least 10 blokes that have come on like that are current players you should be doing something like this. You should, you should put a microphone in front of you once a week, talk, give an actual insight into, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, I should. Yeah. Nothing. None no, of them do it. No. And I understand it. There's pressure. I get it. Yeah. But mate, the first guy to realise, and I thought it was KP, but they have sort of dropped off a little bit. But that's where it makes it hard, you know. Matty Croker, KP, Watson. I, I Watson say, leaves and it, it yeah. does become difficult. You're totally right. Like I, Matt's seen me speak about it ad nauseum, but I always say the boys just – start something and be consistent because when you retire if you have even a shred of personality you will have a gigantic following we are just in the dawning years of podcast like it's like imagine being in a position where you were aware that tv was going to be as big as it was and you were in the first few years that's where we are right now like we are you need to be aware that this is a new medium it's it's changed the way we live like we never used to be able to consume content whilst doing something else we never used to be able to do that it was either you sit down and you watch your tv you sit down and you read a book or you go and do something the, the whole stratosphere has changed and we're in this moment get get the gold rush while the gold's there it's right there get it um i even say them all the time as well it's like imagine if i put it in the head like this imagine you own a business and someone came to you and said let's just estimate that an nrl game total a week gets $2 million worth of advertising. Mm. That's the value of every single brand that is advertising. Imagine if you owned a business and they said to you, you can get 10 to 15 minutes of airtime every week for free. You would be like, I'm there. Like, fucking sign me up. And that's what NRL players get when they're on the field. Like, every time you're playing and the camera's on you and you're scoring tries and you're getting free ad exposure. So why not use that to build something that is substantial that you can... Make money. Anyway, I could fucking talk for hours on this shit. But 
Imagine if KP went all in. Imagine if he hired a full-time uh, like editor, vlogger, because he could. He's got the money to. If, if, could hire six or seven of them if he If I was to, KP yeah. or even you know a guy that was on 500K, I would hire a full-time editor and producer to follow me. I'd go to the club and I'd say, this is what's happening. Tell me what I can and can't do. They would say, you know, you're not allowed to film in the changing rooms, this, that, but they would give you the rules. And I would just be doing everything that I do normally and making him do all the work. If he did that, he would be one of the biggest athletes we've ever seen in this country. He would he would be absolutely huge. I say it to Connor and KP all the time. Like, they are such a good pairing of like they could be international stars on YouTube, in my opinion. Get a big base in Australia and then grow. Like, imagine KP and Connor going, um, you know, around the world to different surf spots and like vlogging all that kind of stuff. And oh, fuck again, we could. We could go deep into the content game if you wanted, but I try to say to the boys like, you know, even like Brian Tottle and Jerome Luai, like these guys have got something about them. Like there's something about them that is, it draws you to them. So take advantage of it. Um, Look at Bo Ryan. Bo Ryan, like he's- Bo Bo Ryan had like a slice of the assets that the guys have now. Mm, Yeah. And look what he's turned it into. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look at Matty Johns. Copped a heap of shit, no doubt about it. Copped yep. a heap of shit when he was doing it. But these blokes, they don't need to ring for the footy show and go, hey, I'm going to spend an hour walking down to the street talking yep. to people. Can you give me a gig? You need your fucking phone. You're on yep. it all the time anyway. Yep. And you've The first already, player to realise is going to shit in. Yeah. And you've already got a base of people that know who you are. So it's like, for example, when I quit rugby league, you know, I played a couple of years. Like, no one really knew Denning. Like, Denning Kemp was not someone that you sat there and went, oh, what's Denning Kemp doing? Like, he's a big ex-player and this, that. I was a nobody. I had no Instagram, no Facebook. So I had to build it up truly from zero. Now, there, there was, like, you know, maybe a 1,000 people that remembered me and enough to want to follow me and see what I was doing post-footy. But, like, really? No one. These guys have got, you know, 20, 30, 40, 100, 200 K followers I mean the power of that is crazy if you start providing content the money you learn from that content long term will be 10 times what you earn as an NRL player I mean like if you ever look at what um, Alex Johnson's doing at South Sydney yeah it is so simple yeah but it's effective and we all watch them we all watch them and and it's almost like without if he doesn't do that content he's just a quiet good winger that we enjoy but all of a sudden we're like Alex Johnson's funny. Yeah, he's funny. He's he makes funny content. Yeah. And, and when he puts it up, I watch it. Um, I think the average person is more likely to follow him because he does that than the best player in the game. Totally. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's such an interesting space. And I, I agree with you. I felt like Kalen was kind of like the first guy to really to get it. Um, and, yeah, if I was KP, I'd be hiring someone for sure. Like someone I trust. Imagine him with a professional editor the stuff that he could chop up. Roger started doing it when he went to Union. So yeah. Roger, now he's over in New Zealand. His brother, I think it's Johnny Tuavasa. Yeah, Johnny, yeah. Tuavasa, who's doing very well in that who is space. killing well. it. Oh, yep. Perfect, another perfect example. Johnny Tuavasa, never played NRL. Never played NRL. He was an under-20s player, that's it. He is now bigger than most NRL players uh, just because he went into the content game and he was respected enough where he had been in an NRL system. So he, he had that check of approval. Um, but yeah, so so Roger goes to New Zealand, starts putting out that kind of cool content, like I'm reposting it. Like yep. so, people are still connected to Roger now that that are from league because he's putting the content up. Whereas if he goes there and doesn't do that, I don't put content up. 
And the, and the league kind of fan base remember him as one of the best fullbacks we've seen in a while, but they're not still connected to him. Um, yeah, it's an interesting conversation. If I'm Matt Croker, I'm getting in KP's ear and saying, can we? I reckon he is. I reckon he has Matt, to Because yeah, yeah, he, he seems very switched on to me too, Matt. He's and such a good addition. With, I, I, I didn't really know who Matt Croker was until I listened to that podcast. Yep. That's what made me go and watch him. And I don't think he's like a superstar player. He's, he, he's a meat and potatoes front row, but he's tough. And mm. you just you know what you're going to get out of him. Every week, and yeah, if 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 I was as close to KP as he is, mate, I'd be I'd be setting up the podcast for him every hundred percent. I'll like, do it I'll all for you for yeah, free. Just 100%. let me sit next to you and talk. Uh, absolutely, and the the dynamic he added to that podcast was so good. Like that, those the three of them working yeah. together. Um, yeah, I totally agree. If I'm a croaker, I'm just like begging KP, please just give me an hour, rock up this time. You sit down, you talk, you walk. That's it. You don't have to do anything. Um, like, and you know. Take the Hello Sport Boys, for example. If two players did that every week, game changer. Uh, Don't tell me there isn't as funny guys in the NRL. There's plenty of funny guys. Like That stupidest shit happens to consistent. 100%. And they can like take the piss out of themselves playing. And another guy that I think is actually hilarious, and, and he may not know it because he's just like naturally hilarious. Two guys, sorry. Alex Twoll. <laughs> I would listen to an Alex Twoll podcast each week. Give me a 20-minute Alex 12 podcast each week. Just whatever you're thinking, bro. Just, just tell me what you're thinking. I want to know. Is he not hilarious, man? He's so funny. Can I guess your other one? You is already it, know. Is it Woodsy? No. No? Okay. Toby Rudolph. Oh, yeah, Rudolph. Like, yeah. nah, lock her in. Toby, give me a potty. Give me a... Give me a a 30-minute podcast with Woodsy. With Woodsy. I like Woodsy oh, too. I thought Woodsy was great on your Yeah, podcast. oh, he was, he, was he was fantastic. He was fantastic. But Alex Toll and Toby Rudolph, like, like Woodsy, like, he's a pro. Like, I absolutely agree. I think that he'll have a radio gig post-career everything. But, got like, a guy like Rudolph and a guy like Toll, like, they, these are just – there's something about them that you can't really put into context. Um, so, yeah, Knights – look, probably <laughs> – Back to Knights. Yeah, back to Knights. Guns, back to Knights. Blackboard. The concerning thing I have for Knights um, – is their development really hasn't kicked on the way it should have. And I feel like it got gutted quite a bit ago and they have never recovered. When you go back and you look at like who they've actually developed, like mm. I think Latrell's from that area. Uh, I think Boyd Cordner is. Yep. Uh, Dan Gagai, is he? No, he's Queenslander. Yeah, he's Queenslander. Um, but anyway, they, they've got the, some of the people they've produced – are absolutely insane, like yeah. insane. But they don't seem to be able to bring them through. Do you, do you think it's a concern? Yeah, for sure. And like when you're involved in the Harold Mats and the SG Ball system, just about every team has a kid that you watch and you're like, fuck, he is tough. And they always say, oh, yeah, he's from country Newcastle. <sighs> There's so many of them that yeah. come out of there that are just tough as nails and are such good footballers, but they just don't seem to, I don't know. Like you look back at whenever Newcastle's been successful, mm. their homegrown talents. Yeah. It is guys that have come through that entire system. I don't – and I, I know it's easier said than done. And I know at the moment it's easier to say than it ever has been because of Penrith. Mm. But it is so hard to do. And I, you know, Mate, it's that, that centre of excellence that Gut School got together, like it shows you how important those connections are to get the government funding. And obviously I know they've got the Penrith Panthers, um, you know, Leeds Club as well. That's a massive advantage. But like, yeah, that, that center of excellence and the ability to be like, to go to these young kids and these young families and go, here is a center of excellence. This is the pathway. It's real, because some people may be sitting there going, well, of course they go and say that to people. It's one thing saying it. It's another thing going, 
look like. This is how you play NRL. You come to Centre of Excellence, you play 16, 17, 18, we put you in the Knights gear. You know what I mean? We interact with the first grade. And may, maybe they're already doing that. Maybe they're already doing that. But I feel like Penrith have truly, truly done that, have gone like the Centre of Excellence, the local area of people. That's the, the aspiration is the Centre of Excellence. Um, and if you're still laughing about Phil Gould's five-year plan, so, just be prepared for the next 10 years. Yeah. The team that he set up is going to bully yours. For but, but like also, like okay, so he said five-year plan, what, nine years ago? Yeah. So he's made a grand final. They made a grand final and then won a premiership in eight years. Yeah. Like, oh, fuck, sorry, bro. I was three years off and now we have not only did we – not only did we go from a club that had zero rep players, so like some played for, you know, Samoa and Tonga and all that kind of stuff. Not only did they go from a club that did that, they've gone to a club now with multiple – To'o. Luai, Isaiah Yo, Martin, Cleary, Apicorosau. That's the most, actually, you know what? That's the most in the NRL. Does that happen? And all of those guys, does that happen if they don't have this, the, the, the plan that Gus put together? Mate, I would argue Penrith right now, there are 10 teams in this competition that I do not think can finish fifth. If Penrith finished fifth, I'd say it's almost a failure of a year. Oh, 100%. Like 100%. that is the sort of situation that they are in at the moment. Anything outside top four for me with Penrith is Just a bad year. Yeah. Is, is, a, is a year of like you truly did not now it, let's let's say they get a bunch of injuries then you obviously you can explain it but I, I'm I agree I'm putting them in that position of like right now they're not the same as Storm and uh, Roosters because they don't have that uh, history of like all those premierships but if I'm going to put like let's just cut that away let's cut that away and we look at like what is their squad right now what's their system and what's their potential I do now have them with the Melbourne Storm the Roosters and Penrith if you were 18, you're coming to the NRL, you had a contract from Penrith and Melbourne, where do you go? You'd strongly consider Penrith. Get to stay in Sydney. Um, Nathan Cleary. Like, five years ago, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. But now, you look at it and you go, like, it's a, it's a tough, tough call. It's a tough call. Um, and so, yeah. I'm going to tell you, I think I'm leaning to Penrith. You what? I think I'm leaning to Penrith. Uh, if if you say so Storm and, and thing off you right now. Yeah, I think Belly Bellamy's sitting you down looking across the table going, mate, we'll win premierships. I'll probably shit myself in, <laughs> yeah. but I uh, mate, I, I reckon the Penrith are just in for such a good five yeah. or six years. It's and it's also like they appeal to the young generation yeah. too. They're cool, they're hip, they they're one of those Penrith boys I don't want to get back on this, but if one of the Penrith boys grabbed a microphone and sat down, yeah. If Toto and Luai and Crichton grabbed a microphone, yeah, I know, I know, it'd be so interesting. It's over. It'd be it's so done. interesting. Um, and yeah, it'd be absolutely that they've got so much character out there. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy how quickly Storm. I mean, sorry, Penrith. Um, and this is not to say like they are the same as the Roosters in Melbourne because they have. They don't have the runs on the board like Storm and that. But when you look at them in a bubble of the last two years, I, I put them in there now. Like yeah. They've gone back-to-back grand finals. They've got a generational seven. I think that's – is he going to be the greatest ever or is he even going to be top three? We don't know. But I think it's, the, it's now clear he is generational. Um, and, and people yeah. say with Penrith, oh, yeah, but they've got the best juniors. It's like, you know what, they've had the best juniors for 20 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As have Parramatta. What about Brisbane? They've got yeah. – oh, Brisbane's it had a whole state. Like – the steps between having the best juniors and putting them in first grade, like that is monumental. There's so many things that can go wrong there, but also that the generally do go wrong. The Storm have no juniors, yeah. 
So it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not, it's not a one-to-one thing. Like just because you have the good juniors, yep. the, it, just not a one-to-one thing. Storm have literally no juniors and yet they, they're and the I most I think people say, oh, yeah, but they've got the juniors and that's it. It's like you realise that at every single game there's 15 scouts yeah. watching. Like it's vultures. They are getting yeah. picked off. New Zealand constantly. have the whole country. Yeah. Um, and there's still a scout from every single team that lives in New Zealand, yeah. just in case. Just in case. And like that's a whole country of extremely talented young uh, young players, um, yeah. So Knights, that's something I would not, I'd like to know more about. Like, what are they doing? What things are they putting in place? Like, because I can see it kind of at the Titans, I can see it at Brisbane. Like, as in, I can see the direction. Uh, I can see it at the Doggies. We can see it at Penrith. Tigers even with Tim Sheens there. There's a bit of direction now, in my opinion. Yeah. But they're also building that centre of excellence which as well, pretty yeah. sure. Um, whereas Knights, like, I haven't really heard much about, like, what is the plan forward? I haven't heard, like, you know, and, and maybe that's due to my ignorance. Maybe the information is out there. Um, let me know in the comments section if, if you guys are Knights fans and there are things being put in place. I sort of feel like they're just reeling from Pierce still, mm. to be honest with you, which shows how important halfbacks are. There's not many of them mm. in rugby league that you want. It's a, But, yeah, I mean, best-case scenario, Pierce would have played for another two years. I still didn't feel like there was, you know, yes, Jake Clifford's there, but Jake Clifford was dropped on their doorstep six months ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's Knights are... Uh if I would have said to you 18 months ago, we're relying on Jake Clifford for the yeah. Knights to be successful when he was... Well, it's, 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 it, you'd, you'd say it's poor planning. Yeah. You'd say... If you you'd said also to be me, like, how on earth has that happened? Yeah. But if you said to me, we've got Mitchell Pearce who is still playing and he's developing Clifford, I'd yeah. say that's great. Yeah. That's Different a great plan. plan. That's a great plan. Um, and Phoenix Crossland's there as well. Uh, yeah. So look, uh, I guess a good thing, let's, let's hope Bailey Hodgson turns out to be good. Um, and Sasagi has had a bit of rats about him. So, uh, but yes, that is us for the day. Uh, Guru, have you got any announcements? No, nah, all good, mate. All good. Make sure to subscribe to the Rugby League Guru on Instagram, Facebook, any good podcasting app. Make sure to grab a case of Bloke in a Bar, the official beer of sport. The official beer of sport. And as usual, I'll go and fuck myself. Thank you.